Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Bathurst, this, this is RS1. Is RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. From Emirato Francesco and John Heindhoff, the international voice of endurance racing. I know you love this place. Oh, why would you not? Look at the weather, look at the cars that are coming out on pit lane for this six hour endurance. Easter Sunday and Bathurst Mount Panorama. It's an Aussie tradition, and I'm delighted and honoured to be here. It's going to be a cracker, you know. As am I. It is certainly going to be a cracker. We have six hours of racing ahead of us. Of course, with an endurance race like that, lots of factors come into play. They have new tyres. They need to get the setup right. Strategy is crucial. And hey, let's just throw some safety cars in there too to make it interesting. Well, you know, you look at a race like a six-hour race here at Mount Panorama and you think, well, it's not a 24 or 12. How much strategy actually plays into it? But with the compulsory pit stops, with whether you change your tyres or not, and people are still finding out about these new MRF tyres for this year's high-tech oils bathurst six hours then the guys on the wall and in the pit lane are going to be just as busy and doing just as much work as any of the drivers in the cars this weekend and you know what we had a practice on friday and on saturday we went qualifying these guys bounce back car entry number 23 Beric linton tim lay they put it on pole position i caught up with them yesterday after qualifying Clinton and Tim Lay, congratulations. You put it on pole last year. Unfortunately, had a DNF, but you've bounced back, put it on pole again this year. Well done. Yeah, no, thanks. For some reason, everyone mentions last year. I'd forgotten about it totally coming into this weekend. But, uh, no, the car's great. I mean, these guys work really hard. We've got, a, we've got an engineer who's a, who's a bit of an antique, don't we, Bez? Yeah. Ralph, um, Ralph Bellamy, who's 81 years of age, and we work really well together. And, you know, he's great on the setup. And with these new tyres... It's just been hard to get a handle on. So anyway, it was great. I mean, the green tyre run, we got the most out of the car, so it was great. Beric, obviously lots of things come into play tomorrow, including the strategy. Can you uh, let us in on any of the strategy? Who will be starting? Who will be finishing the race? Look, at the moment, I normally start every year, so that's probably the plan. And then we normally try and aim for Tim to finish. Um, so, you know, if it goes to plan, that'll probably be what it is. But we just need to change the voodoo from starting from pole and not getting the win. Uh, certainly plenty of rivalry up and down pit lane, I believe, also with the defending champions, Sharon? Yeah, there's always rivalry, but um, it's our turn. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to give up. It's our turn this year, so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. But uh, it's a long day, six hours, lots of, lots of things can um, play into it, so we'll see what happens. Good luck, guys. Congratulations, starting from pole. Thank you. Thanks. Well, those guys are very fast. In fact, three seconds faster than the rest of the field. However, no one here has gone from pole onto a win. Can it be done? Well, it can be. It hasn't yet, but it's going to be made slightly harder for that BMW M3 competition because as per the regulations allow, the organiser this morning has looked at the pace of the M3 competition. There's only one in the race. It's on pole, and they've decided that that car is just a little bit too quick for their liking. They've added an extra mandatory pit stop of 90 seconds, so they are going to have five of those CPSs, they're con uh, called compulsory pit stops, rather than everyone else in the group. They'll only have four. That's just something that they're going to have to play their strategy around. They can still make it work for them. They've still got a quick car, 
but it's just thrown a little wrinkle at them at this late stage. That is a lot of pit stops, that is for sure. Plenty of other drama down pit lane this morning as well with the Sharons. They were starting from third, but they actually went over their maximum boost pressure, so they are starting from the back of the grid now. Yeah, but I tell you what, that's great news for us and everyone here at Mount Panorama because that is a quite quick car. The uh, Sharons Rentals BMW, the M4, uh, that's going to have to come all the way from the back of the grid. I'll have a little bet with you now, Emma, that if we stay green for our reckon seven, maybe eight laps, that car will be right back on the lead group. I will take that bet because if anyone can do it, it is the Sharons, that is for sure. John, have a fantastic call. We're going to get expert updates as well throughout the race from Brian Vandenwacker. Great to have you on board. And great to have this guy too back again, our expert commentator. A very big hello and happy Easter to Richard Crowell. It is going to be a cracker of a day, Rich. G'day, Em. Happy Easter, everyone. Nice to be back at this place. Where else would you rather be on Easter Sunday. Ideally, we'd race here at Christmas, every public holiday. Why not? It's a great place. Welcome to the High Tech Oils Bath, the six hour, everybody. It's going to be a terrific motor race. There's a lot to talk about. The weather so far this week has been really good, but maybe a little curveball this afternoon, because while we're heading for a top of 25 degrees and currently 22.3 here in the regional central west of New South Wales, there is the chance of a late thunderstorm this afternoon. Every team in pit lane will be looking skyward and looking at the Bureau app just to see what is going on in the weather. We've seen it at Mount Panorama. It throws it up all the time. Here's how they start the race. This is the top 10 with thanks to Ridges, Berwick Linton and Tim Lay, as we heard on pole position. Big margin back to the first of the Mitsubishi Lancer Evos. It's the first time in race history two BMWs haven't started on the front row, but there's BMWs stacked in this top 10. Looking fourth place, Class B leaders, David Russell, supercar enduro racer, and his dad, Jeff, racing together for the first time in 16 years. They're fourth outright. The first of the big Aussie muscle cars is sixth with Jeremy Gray, George, and Andy Medici. And then look back a little bit further to P8, we see John Bauer, who'll be behind the wheel of car 69. That's a big HSV GTS and will be a rocket ship. But some great names spread throughout the top 10. Very feisty field and a lot of superstar drivers spread throughout this high-tech oils back to six-hour field. Well, Mount Panorama, what much more can we say about it? 6,213 metres of the best racetrack in the world. 23 corners and so much goes on in every single one of them. Places to watch, turn one, hill corner, high-tech bend always worth watching. And then across the top of the Mount Panorama, that amazing run down the hill, always exciting, especially in these production-based cars. Four onboard cameras for you this weekend. We'll ride on board the brand new Hyundai i30N from NGen Racing, Queensland team. It's the first time we've seen these cars in the race. There are two of them. One of them starts third in Class C. The other from the back of the group. We'll touch on that story as we continue our build-up to the high-tech oils Bathurst six-hour. As Emma touched on, this race has never been won from pole position. It has been won from second. And that's why the car that starts there today may well be feeling confident because internet sensation Jordan Cox, who performs miracles in improved production cars, is driving that car. His dad, Graham, and Daniel Smith are co-driving. They've got three drivers in that squad for the race. It's the first time the venerable Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 
has started on the front row for a Bathurst Enduro since the Bathurst 12 out many, many years ago. Let's head down to the grid. It's a hive of activity. That's where we find Emma Notta Francesco. Yeah, plenty happening down here already. I am at the front of the grid with George Gambino, who is the MD for High Tech Oils. Morning, George. Touch you in a second. James O'Brien, the director of this event. What a fantastic event it has been yet again. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. We're, we're almost there. It's, uh, we've been blessed with glorious weather on this uh, holy Easter Sunday. Um, we've got a great field of 44 cars behind us. And knowing Mount Panorama, we're going to have a, a spectacular race. So uh, I would like to thank uh, a few people. First of all, Bathurst Regional Council. I've got the Mayor, Graham Hanger, standing next to me. They do a great job uh, looking after the circuit. Um, I particularly want to thank the 300 volunteers and officials here this weekend. Uh, they do a marvellous job. Uh, we could not run the event without them, and I am eternally grateful for their uh, for their attendance. And finally, I'd like to thank uh, our Nami Right sponsor, High Tech Oils, who've been with us from the start, and uh, we've got George here next to us. Thank you, James, and thank you, Graham. Yes, you have been there from the start. What a fantastic marriage between the two. Yeah, we've actually um, got on really well, James and myself, and the whole um, about the six hour. The council's been great, Graham, great. Um, my team like this event, they love it. It's good for high tech profile, so we're, we're, we're here. Enjoy the race. Thanks, Thanks George. Very much. Mark? Uh, we're down here with Jordan Cox, P2. Great place to start if you look at the stats book. Yeah, very good. We, um, oh, it's going to be an issue with the M3 and the M4 going up the hill. Um, but look, it does, the race isn't won in the first lap, so we'll just fit into a spot and go from there. Running the long game, do you think you've got something for them? I'm not sure really with their straight line speed. I don't know. You may as well give them the trophy now. Like, I don't know. We're just going to run our own race and see where we end up. Best of luck. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Eric Linton, you've got those five pit stops to do now. But hey, great news. You're the one sitting on pole with a clear track ahead of you. Yeah, look, we've got a strategy and we'll just follow what we've got to do. We've got to add an extra pit stop. You know, it's obviously something we're disappointed with given that Tim got the best out of the tyres in the car and the time dropped off. But, look, we've got to deal with it. So uh, we've just revised the strategy a bit and we know what we're doing. Best of luck. Go get him. Mark? John Bow, you're doing a great thing this weekend. You're out here back at Bathurst. It wouldn't be Enduro without you. Well, honestly, to be able to race at this track any time is a, is a treat, I reckon. So any chance I get to drive here, I do. And, um, you know, I'm driving with a really nice bunch of people and we've had a few issues with the car so I think it's all fixed now so we're going to be a bit of a dark horse so to speak. But John it's a holding Commodore. I know it's funny isn't it. I get into a lot of social media well uh, I wouldn't say aggro but you know just I'm seen as a Ford driver but I'm not you know I'm not really I'd spent a lot of time in Fords I, I quite like the Australian muscle car world so you know I don't think it matters too much. Best of luck. Good on you mate thank you. See you later. Thanks to Mark Walker and Emma Notta Francesco down there on the grid. It's a very busy grid as well. 44 cars to take the starter. That is every car that arrived at Mount Panorama on Thursday. So well done to all the teams and competitors for getting everyone on the grid. It's not been out uh, without its trials and tribulations. And the big story, of course, the defending winners starting from the very, very back of the field. Sharon Racing have their work cut out in the opening stages of this motor race. There's so much to play out. We're about two and a half minutes away from the formation lap commencing. The race will kick off at 11.30 local time. 
and then we go racing. And welcome back to the commentary box, John Hindoff. He's made the mad dash up from the front of the grid. Um, very quickly, we heard from James O'Brien and George Gambino from High Tech Oils. Four more years. They've just announced uh, extending that partnership Excellent. through 2023 to sponsor this race. So great for an Aussie company backing an iconic Aussie event. And all that means is that everyone who's watching this either on Fox here in Australia with no outbreaks through this race, by the way, or around the world on the stream, also with no outbreaks, then just gives you more time to be able to plan your visit to come here. And you must do it. A couple of dramas down in the pit lane as I was walking through the James Goldborough Free Spirit Tattoo BMW 130i is sitting in its garage at the moment. It's going to start from pit lane. They've got a query over the radiator, and what they don't want to do is spoil anybody else's race on the first lap. So they're going to go around, see how it is. The likelihood is we'll see that car in at the end of the formation lap, and they'll change the radiator. But at that point, they've started the race. Correct. So they can take their time and do that properly. The other thing is I've just walked through the uh, Paul Sitting Mazda garage in that class and the remains of the car that donated its engine is there a very nice dark red mazda 3 those guys have already put a shift in yeah that's the class e pulse it is alan turner chris holt and ross donaldson two of the three drivers from new zealand that car popped an engine moments after grabbing pole they drove to newcastle 365 kilometers away picked up a spare car drove back another 365 k's they were here till uh, 3 a.m. in the morning, they got back to the track. They fired it up at 6.15 a.m. and cop this. They said the replacement engine's better than the one they had in to get pole position. Fair point that they found that. It was actually still ticking over afterwards. They'd had no idea that that car was having a problem. And one of the mechanics heard something in the bottom end that they didn't like. So they pulled the, uh, the belly pan off the engine and had a look at the oil and found bits and pieces of metal in there that they didn't want. So that could have been a huge story if they hadn't spotted that. They've given themselves a lot of work, but they've given themselves a chance still in the race. Yeah, and class victory, we should emphasise. This is a class race. There are six categories within the high-tech oils, Bathurst six-hour, and winning your class is just as important to those competitors as it is for winning outright. We're away. Behind the formation lap, the clock will start ticking. One car has stalled. It's the Garage 1, number 19, BMW M3. Anthony Gilbertson and Andrew Mill, the drivers in that car, they qualified third in Class A2. And uh, pretty solid qualifying performance for a brand new race car this weekend. And just like the 12 hours, we should say the clock is now yep. running. Although we're behind the safety car, although this is a formation, a stroke sighting lap, uh, the clock is running, so the six hours has begun. We are 48 seconds into that. Now, the question for me is, is that Garage 1 car just going to need a push and a restart? The guys are already out on the pit lane. They're, they're not sure they're going to be able to retake their position. We'll keep an eye on that as Grilsey gives you the rundown. And it's a not the rundown we were expecting. No, it's changed from where they finished qualifying yesterday. Here's how they line up for the 2019 High-tech oils, Bathurst, six-hour. Beric Linton and Tim Lay on front. We heard from Jordan Cox. His dad, Graham, will start car 40. Andrew Saul and Andy Fisher. And Anthony Saul, that is, correction, in car number four, go from third. The Russells, father and son, class B leaders, and fourth outright. The Cabbage Boys, the brothers, Ben and Michael, and Garth Walden go from P5 in another Mitsubishi. We heard from George Medici early on. He starts sixth in car number 67. That's the FPV Falcon Winter and Radats, the teenagers, 17 years old apiece, go from seventh. The big HSV is eighth. Then 
another BMW car number 25 with F4, Young Gun Jaden Ojeda ninth, and then another Mitsubishi rounding out the top 10. They were bumped into the 10 when the Sharons were bumped out. Here to leader in 11th position, that's the VF Halden, and their nearest competitors down in 15th position, the Monaro. That car will pull its way through. Expect that to be a hard fought category for the non supercharged or turbocharged big bangers. Rest of the class B runners down in 19th and 20th. That's where we see the Holden and the rest of the team. And then we're looking at the smaller engine cars further down towards the end of the 20s. You say Monaro like a proper Aussie. You class taught me, you taught me. Correct. Class D, intensely competitive, eight tenths of a second, covering the top three cars in that class in qualifying. Defending champions Baker and Callahan on top in their Integra Type R. Jimmy uh, Harrison Gray and Jimmy Vernon go from second in class. They're ones to watch. Back over the page, the venerable BMW is going nicely in Class C, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd outright. One, two, three in class. That will be another great battle. And then that great story with the Mazda starting from 38th, first in Class E. Alongside them is another Mazda 3. They're the winners of that class last year, looking to go back to back. So 44 cars to take the start. And that'll be the first time that every car that arrived at the weekend takes the green flag. Though it won't be because we've seen car 19 being dragged away by the officials. So that ruins the stat. But we feel for the Garage 1 team with uh, Porsche Pace Carrera Cup Australia racer Anthony Gilbertson and Andrew Mill, who struggled early in the weekend but tuned that car up, ended up missing pole by a couple of tenths of a second in Class A2. Hopefully they can get that car started and go from pit lane. You talked earlier on about something we've never had here before, which is a non-BMW on the front row. Something we haven't had this week so far is cloud cover. And we've got some now. It's been beautiful blue skies, barely a bit of sort of cotton candy cloud over the last few days. But it looks like we've got a cooler front uh, coming in from around the final corner area at Murray's coming in that way. And there's a little bit of high cloud as well. So temperatures in terms of air temperatures down a wee bit. Uh, the track temperatures as well. That's not the worst thing. We're three weeks later than we were for this race last year when high temperatures played havoc with some of the teams cars and drivers so maybe just maybe it's going to be a little bit kinder for this the 2019 running of the high-tech orders Bathurst six hours currently 22.6 degrees Take in that. Bathurst but the story is that we're all watching the weather radar because there is a forecast of late thunderstorms this <laughs> afternoon this evening oh, uh, Mount Panorama continues to throw crazy stuff at us every single year that would be just another chapter in it and don't forget these MRF tires are high performance street tyres so they have got grooves you don't necessarily stop for rain tyres that's something to think about later on getting into the two by two formation shuffle to the front of your seat take a deep breath because you might not get a chance for another one for the next six hours 2019 and the high-tech oil Bathurst six hours is about to get underway BMW and Mitsubishi on the front row the BMWs are stacked behind them as well but watch the grunt of the M3 with Berwick Linton behind the wheel on the run-up mountain straight. Happy Easter, ladies and gentlemen. It's the High Tech Oils Bathurst Six Hour, and it starts now. BMW away. Graham Cox is in the Evo and gets swamped. Anthony Saul goes up the inside in the M4 and will slot in behind Berwick Linton. It'll be a BM1-2 as they run up mountain straight for the first time. The field split in the middle, but 43 cars getting through High Tech Oils turn one and the run up mountain straight cleanly. 
that was a lovely start by the Paul Sitter. Did exactly what he needed to do. Barry Linton, that dark blue. It is dark blue. It's not black. It looks black, but it's just polished to an inch of its life. That's a genuine BMW colour. And that's exactly how the car was bought. Big dive up the inside by the number 12 BMW at the very start of the race as they were going up the Griffins for the first time. That was somebody very confident indeed on cooled MRFs. That's the Brad Woods Hadrian Morale car. It's being run by Mark Cars Australia. They're a long way out of position down outside the top 20, so they're trying to march their way forward. Already up a couple of spots to 14th, but a really aggressive move early at Griffins Bend, trying to get themselves sorted out. Across the top they go. That's Reed Park. The MRF bridge shows the cars and Bathurst in the background past the metal grate and the run towards McPhillamy Park. Berwick Linton, the race leader, already pulling almost a second over Anthony Sewell in the number four car. If you're watching this race for the first time, look how green it is around here compared to what we see in the 12 hours. Uh, it's actually getting into autumn here and some of the leaves are already turning here at Bathurst. A fabulous place to come at this time of the year. Lots to do as well as come to Mount Panorama. Of course, if you're going to come at Easter, you've got to come to the map. <laughs> it's the place to be. Great drone shots from above as they run down the dipper through the S's and towards Forest Elbow. And that all-important long run down Conrad Strait. David Russell having a look up the inside of Graham Cox in the Evo. Now, David is, from a class standpoint, out of position in that BMW 135i. But it's a fast car that car's been second outright here in the 2016 race and it's got plenty of straight line poke that's the difference here the evo struggle for straight line performance they're really good across the top garth walden just slides through as well in the race for cure car that's the pink and white car that's slotted in behind that yellow bmw if you look at that bmw the sharon rental cards the delivery uh, is the opposite way around so they've got more orange on the top whereas the has got more red on the on the top, we'll see that car, I'm sure, fighting through, it's way through. But that, that little BMW has barely got any aero appendages on it at all. It's like you've taken Forza Motorsport and put a race livery on one of the first cars that you buy. And that's why that car is so slippery. It's only two-wheel drive, remember, rear drive, whereas the Mitsubishi behind it has all-wheel drive, and that's why they are so chuckable and therefore so quick over the top of the mountain. And it was an Evo that held the... It's, it's quite prestigious actually to see you the fastest across the top of the mountain and the, there was a mitty at the weekend, uh, sorry, at the early part of the week that was quite a bit faster than some of those BMWs. I, I, I can't offer you the exact quote but one of the Evo drivers says it's one of the parts of the racetrack where you get to use your commitment, I'll substitute that word, mm -hmm. uh, but that's why they like it. But, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, to give you an example, the Evo Lancers are two seconds faster in the middle sector, which is the exit of the cutting to the exit of Forest Elbow. Two, two seconds. seconds faster than anything. The fastest Evo qualified three seconds behind the pulsating BMW with an admittedly superb lap from Tim Lay. So that shows you how these cars produce their speed differently in different points of the racetrack. And we'll elaborate on that and touch on it over the course of the race because it will be an underlying storyline the high-tech oil is about the six-hour. Absolute essence of production car racing, though. It's not just about the lap times being similar. It's about the, the strengths and weaknesses of the cars on different parts of the circuit. And, in fact, even different ages and models of cars as we've got an Evo on Evo battle heading down across Skyline at the moment. And these overhead shots give us so much idea of how hard the guys are having to work that is steeply downhill there on the brakes down one gear balance the car down another gear then get on the throttle a little bit to get the car settled down again before you charge down towards forest elbow and then head on the conrod straight
That was young Jack Winter behind the wheel of that blue and black Evo. And I'm going to get this out the way early. Winter is coming. Uh, seventh place up behind the Cox Evo. Very nicely done. For those of you playing the game with car number one, the Sharon BMW Roomba started from the back of the field. They've stormed their way forward to 18th position in the first lap and a half. Grant Sharon. Uh, you can tell the brothers apart because Grant wears glasses. So G for Grant glasses. And Grant, he's behind the wheel and he's making nice headway and will be looking to work his way into the tent at some point soon. As we watch Garth Walden continue to apply the pressure to the back of David Russell behind the wheel of car number 21. Uh, just a, a quick note on the number 45 car, which I think came into the pit lane just before they all ruled out. So I'm not sure that started from its proper grid spot either. So keep an eye open for that AMG uh, 45, the number 45 car. That may well be having to fight its way back through as well that's another all-wheel drive car as well yeah it wasn't on the grid so it must right. have started from pit lane yeah diagnosed an issue and the safest way out is to just start from pit lane you can throw your guys at the car get them fixed uh and try and work your way forward i'm just trying to pick out where they are well michael Lord's up to 26th place in that car already so probably follow the sharons through at some point and try and get some early ground with one of those really fast bmws and as we uh as we signposted at the beginning, the 87 BMW, James Goldberg driven uh, Free Spirit to two car, that did come in at the end of the first lap. They're working on replacing a radiator. I think that was very gentlemanly conduct by the whole team there. They knew they had a problem, but they didn't want to make it someone else's. They have taken the start of the race so they can take their time and do that job properly. Just having a chuckle because this is a great battle. It's for third on the road and three more diverse cars you couldn't find. The big uh, FG Falcon GTF, the F stands for Finale, so this was the last of the breed from uh, Ford Performance Vehicles before they shut up shop. Uh, it's been driven very well by Jeremy Gray, who's a vastly experienced driver in V8 Ute Racing. He's just transitioned over into Touring Car Masters, where he's driving a frankly quite ridiculous V8-powered Ford Capri, driving it extremely well. He's been chased by the little BMW, driven by David Russell, Supercars Endurance co-driver and chasing them both is the four-wheel drive turbo Mitsubishi Lancer Revolution with Garth Walden behind the wheel. Garth is a hugely experienced racing car driver. Uh, it's tough to name a category he hasn't raced competitively in, but he loves this breed of racing. Dave's got a very nice run out of the elbow, but I would suggest that BMW V big supercharged Ford down Conrod Strait is a no contest in the form of car 67. There's proof. See you later, Jero. Yeah, but, it, you know, interesting that he felt that he could stick his nose out there and just say, uh, you're not having this all your own way. I'll close up on you on the brakes. I'm a bit lighter than you are. And all of these drivers and teams, remember, working with a new tyre manufacturer this year, MRF, signed to a multi-year deal. And they've had some opportunity to try tyres at the late end of last year. Here comes the BMW, not quite there. This is not the time to be forcing it this early on, but forcing it is what exactly what's going on. And watch the Evo coming in behind. I didn't expect to be this excited this early. I thought they were all going to be sensible. That's what they've all told me up and down the pit lane. As soon as the helmets and the head socks have gone on, the brains have gone out the window. And Jeremy Gray leaving just enough racing room, but only just enough, a car width wide. So it was like an invitation. All right, David, if you want to go through, fine, but you've got to make that move stick. But they're fighting hard. I think track position will be absolutely critical in this race as the strategy starts to play out. And now the performance of the Big Falcon plays into the hands of Jeremy Gray. Scoots around the outside of Garth Walton at Griffin's Bend. The Evo better under brakes and through the mid-corner. 
should pull away. We talked about straight line speeds. Well, the Evo was 15 kilometres an hour slower down Conrod Strait, the last lap compared to the big board, and that was with the aid of something of a toe. So that shows the performance differential. Across the top, Garth Warden will be electric down the hill. It's no contest towards car 67. That's what we love about this style of racing. Catch it. Car 69, Joe Crinolos, a former Class B winner in this race, just holds on to the big GTS Holden Commodore. That was a big save. Yeah, it's coming out the cutting. He's just lit up the MRFs there early on in the race. The team will have been watching that down in the garage and had hearts in mouths. That was a super save. Always hard to know what to do there, Creelty, whether you get off everything or you just feather back or you try to steer into it and pretend that you meant to do it in the first place. But you know what? He's got away with it. Yeah. Take a deep breath, pull the belts down the next time you come down Conrad Strait and just keep breathing. I'll tell you what, Winter has made a pretty significant move. We'll go back and have a look at this, though. Watch for the big HSV coming into shot now. A little bit of a right I've, foot I've induced oversteer, I think, there. <laughs> when they go back and look at that, the driver will complain about setup. The engineer will say, why does the throttle trace go to 100 so quickly? Jeez. Joe, Joe, rather exuberant getting out of the cutting, but uh, manages to catch it. Nice drive. Nothing changed out in front. Nice margin for Berwick Linton. He's pounding away 6.5 seconds to the better of Anthony Saul, David Russell now safe in third place. Here's a fight. This is Grant Sharon inside the top 10, already charging his way forward in the bright red BMW M4. Up to ninth position in four laps of motor racing. This incredible circuit he's got in front of Ian Salteri, who's in that BMW hatchback that's been punching above its weight. It's a busy little freight train, this, because just behind is Matt Holt in car 64. That's the HSV. It's a normally aspirated car, which means it's in class A2. But it's got some decent performance about it at the moment. And here's another pass. Up the inside wow. goes Graham Cox, father of Jordan, and passes Jeremy Gray, who's just struggled for the last couple of laps in this Falcon after that earlier battle. But, you know, I think he's doing exactly the right thing in that, Fulton. Don't get flustered right now. We are less than 15 minutes into six hours. Let's drive the car. Let's get some data. Let's keep it clean without any dents in it and then we'll pick out our strategies as we go through later on that's a big car it's a heavy car it, it's going to you're going to have to uh, i've been talking to all the teams all of them have different ideas about what to do with these tires a lot of them saying if you treat these tires nicely at the start of a stint you'll easily get two stints out of them easily get two stints out of them. these tires are like making a friend if you treat them nice early they'll be a friend for a long that's time very good analogy. but if you abuse them early they're not going to like you very much that's it but the, the driver consistently surprised at how much these tyres are giving a long way into the stint. The previous tyre they used in this form of motor racing was really good for one lap and then it would drop off for a percentage for the next part of the run. But the MRF has been very, very consistent over the duration. I think drivers have been pleasantly surprised about that performance. The Sharon car, the Sharon Racing, the Sharon Rentals car started right at the back, fighting its way through. But again, that is something that's got to be done carefully and sensibly. There's the Rabbitohs liveried at Subaru. Started a little bit further down. Decent uh, result for the Rabbitohs on was that Thursday night, I think it was. That they were last in rugby league action over here. Let's see how Fox League on to catch that oh, game. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
of uh, Fox Footy on this afternoon to see how the uh, mighty Adelaide Crows are going. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is the second place car at the moment, Anthony Sewell behind the wheel. This, this is a team that have been here many years and they started out with a 1M BMW, the car that Beric Linton raced here quite successfully, was a front-running contender for a long time. They've upgraded to that M4. Having seen what the Sharon Racing team were able to do with theirs, that imitation, the sincerest form of flattery, I think, in that respect. And they've gradually crept up onto it. They've taken the process, I suppose, this weekend of flying under the radar completely. And they've done it really well. They qualified on the second row of the grid. And they've been two or three seconds faster in every session throughout the weekend. I made a little bet with Emma at the start of the... At the start of the show here, that that number one car, if we had six or seven green flag laps, that that would be right back on terms. And it's up to seventh position at the moment after five laps completed. So it looks, Emma, as if my bet with you, I'm winning that bet as far as the Sharon's cars can concerned what's happening at the front of the field you're doing very well indeed with that bet that's for sure hey i'm just trying to get pit stop goss for car number 23 just spoke to aaron reed team manager and they are planning on keeping beric out there for as long as possible he tells me unless of course it was a safety car let's not forget they have five stops to complete yes that additional cps compulsory pit stop for that car only applied a number of people have been tweeting in at us here using the Hashtag B6HR, that comes through to us. Uh, only been applied to that balance of performance to the M3 competition. Now, a bit of battling earlier on, BMW on BMW, and that's contact at Griffins. Yeah, it's a bit too early for that kind of nonsense, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. Car 12 going up the inside, Hadrian Morale behind the wheel. He's had a pretty good start, that 12 car. Yeah, in Salteri in car 25. They've been another contender, I think, that surprised a lot of people with their... Uh, under the radar ability, I suppose, over the course of the weekend. That was a really good song by The Underworld. I'm not sure if you ever got that in the UK, but uh, it's one of my favourite mm. songs. Uh, anyway, that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it always baffles me, John, in races like this where you see moves made that early. What are we, 19 minutes and 50 seconds in, and there's a dive bomb at turn two. Well, come on, guys, you've got five and a half hours, if not more, to make those moves. Why do it in the first half an hour when... You should just be settling down, getting into your groove. It's easy to say that sitting in an air-conditioned commentary box. These guys are in the heat of the battle, of course, and um, the red mist descends. They all want every last little bit of track position. Let me just finish that point I was making about the, the extra CPS for the number 23 car. The organisers, as per the regulations, can look at the balance of performance at any stage of the meeting right up to race start, and they have looked at that and... They've assessed a balance of performance change on one car only, and that is the BMW M3 competition. So if there were more M3 competitions in the race, they would have all got the same BOP balance of performance adjustment. There isn't, there's only the one, and it's 90 seconds, an additional 90 seconds stop as a compulsory pit stop for that car. The 25 BMW loses the rear end there quite substantially. The Simon Hodges entered Secure Wealth Advisors BMW. I think he hasn't made good friends oh. with these MRF tyres because he's losing the back end of that car. And anybody who's pushed too hard are going to find that those rear tyres will not be your friend. And we're only six laps in to a stint here. Correct. And a stint in this race, going green, will be an hour and 10, yeah. maybe an hour yeah. and 15 or 20 on fuel. These well over an hour. Go, yeah, can go a long way into a motor race. 
for the next drop in pit lane. Just a HSV running off the road there at turn one at Hell Corner, the 69 car with Joe Quinalos behind the wheel. But you made a good point there, Drillsy, because it's not just about keeping the tyres underneath the car. If you're driving at 100% all of the time in these production cars, then move around. They aren't purebred race cars. They take a bit of hustling. You're very quickly going to tire yourself out. Problem for a Mitsubishi coming out of the... Uh, the cutting, it is the 68. Oh, Has no. been a coming together? 68 and 69. 69 being the big Hulton Commodore that's garaged right underneath us. That's the John Bow car, and it's got damage to the left rear of that car. And there was a slow move in Mitzi as well, in amongst all of that. And call me a detective. Nobody called me a detective, actually. My <laughs> father was a detective, but rest his soul. But that may well have been a little bit of a, again, a bit of rubbing, which at this stage is just not necessary. Agree with you, but. I think that's starting to tell another part of the story in this race, which is traffic. And they were already getting into it, the Suzuki Swift. Oh, that's close. Oh, the 33 Toyota 86 pulling across in front of the Rabbitohs supported Subaru, which is right down the very back of the field. The kink into the cutting. This is the battle for the lead in Class D. It's Jimmy Vernon behind the wheel of that Toyota 86. Brian Callahan behind the wheel of car 47. They're 28th and 29th outright. So this is for the lead in the class, and these two have been the class of the field so far. And Vernon, looking down the inside of the Philomy Park, he's given racing room by the Honda Integra. It's an older model car, but it's still got plenty of pace. Nice bit of race craft from both of them. Saw him coming, gave him room. Exactly right, Creelsy. The bright yellow Integra, full setter in the class, realised that at this stage of the race, it doesn't suit them to be going door handle, door handle, through McPhillamy. When does it ever, I'm not sure, possibly the last lap of the race when the the big cup is on the line. But I think that's sensible driving. And this comes back to what we've been saying. You know, the drivers in these cars are going to be in there for over an hour. They will oh. have they will have their chance. And that whole Commodore, by the way, is now moving very slowly indeed after what I'm pretty certain was contact up at the cutting this time round. That was a pretty hairy moment because it was probably doing 40 k's an hour down Conrod everyone else doing 240 and in the end the BMW Ben Walsh were riding on board with the number 30 car had to duck out of the way but managed to get the pass done on Bensley in car number 48 and that was again for position that second in class B behind the uh, dominant of the uh, dominant car of David Russell I think race control might be looking at that Quilty just to make sure nobody was overtaking under waved yellows there was a waved white of course that means a slow moving car there but they'll be looking very carefully at that to make sure everybody was playing fair. Coming round to complete seven laps, it's done. And Beric Linton is 15 seconds to the good over the number four in second place. That's the Anthony Searle uh, M4. So the two BMWs at the front of the field, one the M3, one the M4. M3 with the four doors, the competition back on. And the M4 said, here comes the... 69 right underneath us now and that has indeed got damage to the left rear my old eyes weren't deceiving me oh, well there was a bit of a debris field well, contact on the run up to the kink between the two class contenders these were the cars battling down conrod straight ben walsh in the older model e36 bmw bit of a hip and shoulder there by the looks <laughs> of it on keith bensley in the 48 and rubbing may be racing but you don't want to rub going into the cutting through the kink completely blind and when you're running up there, even in a rental car at 60 k's an hour, which is the legal limit 
at Mount Panorama for about 340 days of the year. It's blind, it's narrow, and it's too quick. So to do it in a racing car and try and go two abreast is pretty hairy stuff. But aggressive moves for this car. There was definitely contact with the big HSV, not only damage on it, but there was quite a debris field spreading out from it on the run up to Solman Park we saw there. That's a shame. One of our outright contenders, Joe Crinolos, Tony Virag, and of course, John Bauer, HSV in pit lane. Why did they go straight into the garage? It's a good question. The answer is you can throw more people at the car in the garage. Only four people are allowed to work on the car over the red line in pit lane for a pit stop in this race. So drive into the garage, you can throw everybody at it, get it fixed quicker, get it back out onto the racetrack. Fastest lap of the race so far, though this counts for absolutely nothing, is a 2.29.37. And that is by the car fighting its way back through the field. Now into the top five for the number one Sharon Rentals with Grant Sharon at the wheel. That car started dead last after an infringement. Shown up in the post-qualifying tech, over-boosting on that BMW. It's made no difference at all, as I suggested at the start. Eight laps. I said eight laps would be on the back of the leaders, and they pretty much are. We've been green for the first eight laps of the six hours, high-tech oil six hours of Bathurst 2019. And the battles down the field in the category, still within Class D, with the Paul sitting 47 car now under pressure from one of the... But the whole of the rest of the field, other than that yellow Integra, are all Toyota GT86s. And already having had to give best to one of them, 33 has gone through as well. And that's the Alan Graham McLaren Motorsport machine. Oh, big moment oh. up the inside, Gilbertson. This was the stay car out, stay stranded. Out, stay out, stay out, stay out. No, no that's it. bogged. And uh, I hate to tell you, but that will be a safety car because it's a deep old sand trap at turn one. He got this car fired up, and they were on the lead lap of their class, the BMW, for Garage 1. They were 19th, uh, correction, they were 32nd on the road, but they were working their way through. But they've been battling with downshifting issues in that car with the uh, DSG gearbox. It hasn't been selecting the right gear at the right time, so by the looks of it, it was locking the rears, and they've been complaining about that all weekend. Let's have a look. So he was going down the inside of a lap BMW, puff of smoke from the rear axle of that car, Grab the brake, in it goes, and uh, I'd suggest a continuation of those gearbox issues on this car. So they're in the gravel trap. Let's go down to pit lane with Mark Walker. Tony Virag, unfortunately, you had such high hopes for today, but uh, it's ended in the pits early. Yeah, we're into the pits. Um, looks like Joe may have tagged the wall coming out, um, out the right-hander after the cutting. Um, it's still early in the race, but uh, now you don't really need these sort of things. One of them unfortunate things, I guess. You had such a good weekend going. Great pace with John Bow behind the wheel. It's just a shame this has happened so early. Yeah, well, you know, that's motor racing. You know, they need a bit of luck. And, um, yeah, maybe we're, it's not with us this weekend. Well, hopefully we can see you back out on track soon. Yeah, I think we'll be out back out there shortly and just um, make up a bit of pace, you know, make up a bit of time. And um, hopefully we'll be um, you know, challenging somewhere um, towards the top ten at the end of the race. Thanks to Mark. And that's a good point he makes because... A motor, a motor race like this where endurance really is key, you can continue to work your way forward over the day. So if you get a couple of laps early, well, if you're contending for an outright result, staying on the lead lap I think is important. On a comeback trail, just get back on the road, circulate. We never know how the cards will fall. I, I, I'll say this now. I'll guarantee you they won't be the first 
all the last to have trouble today. Or they certainly won't be the last to have trouble today. Also coming in the pit lane now, it's a bit early. 77, this is the Jack Winter entered Yellow Speed uh, MX5 Mania Lancer, not an MX5. Jack and Zach Raditz uh, on the driving roster for that. Jack's at the wheel of that car. It's coming out of a top 20 position there. They were in the 10. That was the car making really nice moves early on with a pair of teenagers behind the wheel. They ran a class D car from memory last year in the race. Yes. And really impressed as 16-year-olds uh, and now a year older and with so much more experience at 17. They've jumped into the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo and running around nicely. So uh, we'll see if that's a problem or whether it is a scheduled stop. We should say the pit window is officially open. The pit, uh, compulsory pit stop window opens 30 minutes into the race, which is where we're at now, and it closes uh, after it. And that BMW is still stuck in the sand. A new addition we've got for the uh, coverage this year is our high-tech oils hub. Thanks to the high-tech oils. Okay. Six hours. I see what you did there. Thank you. Driving that today is Brian Vanderwacker. Thank you very much for that, Richard. Yes, it's going to be important to be over the strategy today. And as you mentioned, of course, the compulsory pit stop window has just opened. So let's try and break down for you how this race is going to work today. Now, depending on what class you're in today, therefore dictates the amount of stops you've got to make. Now, class A1, we know that Barry Linton and Tim Lay have to do five stops. But for everyone else in classes A1, A2, class B, they need to do four compulsory pit stops. If you're in classes C, D and E, Therefore, you need to do three stops throughout this race. Now, the general average in terms of fuel numbers here this weekend has round about been an hour and 20. And if you break that down throughout the course of the race, you can see you'll pit maybe two hours, 40 minutes of the race, four hours, and then five hours, 20, with a little bit of a shorter stint here and there. There's going to be a few ways that this will play out throughout the course of today. And this is where we start bringing our keys to the race in, driving times. This race has been critical over the last few years for this particular reason, because if you've got a two driver combination, the maximum driving time in this race is three and a half hours. So that window alone is really, really tight. The other thing, safety cars, we've got one right now. They will dictate what happens here throughout the course of today as well. Tires, well, we're on the MRF tires for the first time here this weekend in the Bath of Six Hours. So trying to find a balance on those tires is going to be really difficult throughout the course of today. A lot of teams will be chasing that even into the back half of this race. Also, the one percenters we've already seen this weekend. So many different tiny little issues for a number of teams. And if that happens throughout this race, that is going to be critical. One final thing that's going to dictate all of this is it's a minute 30 pit stop time. That time starts as soon as you cross the white line at pit entry and ends as soon as you cross the white line at pit exit. So it's that whole time that you spend in pit lane that will equal to a minute 30. If you're even a second under that, the officials will have a word to you. We'll keep an idea and we'll keep an understanding as to what happens today on this particular whiteboard. There's so many keys to winning this race. Thanks, Brian. Down in the high-tech oils hub, and another car stranded, and with the oil flag or the slippery surface flag right at the top of the mountain is the number 41. That is one of the uh, Class D Toyotas. That's the Solar Works Purple Sector car. Michael Mincef and Thomas Sargent, the two driver team there and we're getting a live snatch down at turn one under waved yellows so race control letting the guys go through a couple of times letting them realize it was there and then with double waved yellows to show that they were going to bring out one of the snatch vehicles and that car is running by the way it will pull away under its own steam that number 19 bmw it's been there for a couple of laps lesson learned perhaps we don't know if there was 
mechanical issues which talk about gearbox problems. Just as bad, by the way, shifting down two gears is not shifting down at all. When you're expecting a little bit of engine braking and you don't get it, and then you have to try and do it all on the middle pedal. Can we give race control a shout-out for not throwing the safety Absolutely car? Absolutely, to do that on the local yellow, yes, it's a risky thing to do, but uh, it's a, not a massively high-speed corner. It's a high-visibility approach, so the drivers running down the pit straight, the high-tech oil front straight, can see across the apex to where that car was stranded. Well done to Race Control for letting that go green. Not great for car 19 because it's cost them a couple of laps, but they were already on the back foot for this race. So well done. The race remains green. We'll see what they do with that Toyota up at Reed Park as well. That was. Uh, young Tommy Sargent behind the wheel of that car. They were fifth in Class D. Another teenage driving squad too. Can we uh, stop them doing that? I think we're going to have to have a word with the organisers here and start having a minimum age of about 46. They'll be after our jobs next at some point. <laughs> you know the will. A couple of Australian Formula Ford Championship graduates. Great to see them having a go in Cameron Hills 286. So, Berwick Linton leads the race. 18.4 seconds the leading margin as we work our way Past the first half hour of the High Tech Oils Bathurst six hour, Anthony Saul still second in the BMW M4. David Russell third outright, and he's Class B leader as well. He's got handy margin back to Garth Walden, who's fourth in the Evo. He's being hunted down though. Cue the Jaws music by the red Sharon M4. It's up to fifth place. It's comfortably the quickest car on the racetrack at the moment. Currently has the fastest lap of the motor race as well. Uh, Graham Cox has moved back up to sixth place. Jordan Cox's son will jump into that car, we imagine, at the first stop. Matt Holt up to seventh in the HSB, leads the A2 class. Hadrian Morrell is eighth. Jeremy Gray, the board continues on in ninth. He's just settled into a rhythm by the looks of it yeah. in that car. And Paul Lyacono, another of the Mitsubishi Lancers. In fact, we're watching it now. Rounds out the top ten. And, and I think that's smart driving, as I said, by Jeremy Gray and the Ford. It would have been easy to get flustered earlier on with cars coming through. And there are other drivers that will get in that car. That car is will come a bit quicker. So I'll just respect the Jeremy at all, but he's done exactly the job that he was given. Never easy to start a race. It was the most dangerous time for any of the drivers, and he's done a very good job indeed early on as he heads down onto Conrad Street at the moment with a trio of cars behind him, headed up by that BMW that sits in 10th position. This is a feisty battle pack. Jesus, it's the big Ford pulling away down Conrad Strait, but he's the Ford fives in there as well, you know, which yep. which we think started from the back. He did. We confirmed that right at the very back. So Michael Ald's done a terrific nice. job. That car won by a run by Garth Ward Racing. We've seen the AMG A45 here. Many years at this race, always an outright contender. In fact, he's third outright in the race last year with GWR preparing it. Stephen Johnson in that amazing conclusion to last year's race. And then just behind them is Paul Iacono in that red and black Mitsubishi Lancer rounding out the 12, top 12. Kyle Austin behind in the high-tech oils car that he will share with Dylan Thomas. Here goes all down the inside, turn one. No more yellows there. That's why he's trying to make a move. A little Easy. bit of a hip and shoulder. And the four-wheel drive turbo car gets past the rear-wheel drive BMW. Yeah, and was it, that four-wheel drive there made it really easy to hold the line and just tighten up the exit and get on the power earlier. Normally, you would have had to wait to get on the right-hand pedal. A bit of drama up at the mount for the Sharon's car, or just a drift display down uh, at Forest Elbow. 
inelegant isolation at the moment, that number one car as he's chasing down Garth Bolton in fourth position in the uh, in the number 15 race for a cure Lancer. Yeah, this is where this race comes out because this battle group coming up on two cars in class E that are battling for their own class honours. They're going past that Mazda 3 which executed the engine change overnight which is about to be caught by the Suzuki Swift. So that's just brought Jeremy Gray back to this rather intense fight that now has Michael Ald in that Mercedes AMG up into 10th place chasing down Dick Duncan. Again, Ford drastically different cars yes. all squabbling over the same bit of racetrack really good motor racing all with different strengths and weaknesses around the circuit did the 51 start on pole position even after the engine change they didn't get a penalty for that did they no so no, they've they lost started from pole yeah so they have lost that position because the number two the Murray Dowsett competition uh, completion product rather uh, so has gone through no, let me get you the right car the uh, Madas Motorsport Admin McMaster number two car uh, has gone through that's the Mazda 3, the SP25 Mazda 3, for those of you who are Mazda aficionados, whereas the 51 at least started life as an SP23 rather than a 25. Um, it may have bits of other ones in it by now <laughs> with that new heart of a lion that's been in so many times at Bathurst, both in the 12 and the 6. You get these fantastic stories of, of spirit of endurance. Those guys drove to Newcastle last night heard the bottom end of that 51 car pulling off a little bit all kinds of small from metal in the oil they didn't like the look of it drove to Newcastle picked up the car drove back took the engine out of it put it in the race car yeah because you do why not <laughs> almost 800 kilometer 10 and a half hour round trip that team made they, they were telling me they were going to get there and back in nine hours yeah. and I raised an eyebrow <laughs> it's it's one of those classic Bathurst overnight uh, repair stories. It's just fantastic to see. Well done to them. Uh, all the actions down at Turn 1. It's been a busy place uh, to watch the racing and I think watching it from the inside. Has Emma, have you found down at Turn 1, Emma? I'm in prime position, that's for sure. Krause now, Turn 1. It looks simple on paper, right, but they don't call it Hell Corner for no reason. This is actually crucial. We've seen plenty of carnage here in the past. If you do not get that turn one right, you miss the opportunity to get that perfect run up Mountain, Mountain Straight. We all know that, that is a critical spot and a perfect overtaking opportunity. That's very cool. That, that, that's very cool indeed. Uh, being that close to the racetrack at this stage of the game, that's fantastic. So thanks, Emma. Plenty of incident already down there. But we're still green. 13 laps completed. And the... Fedic champions are back up in the fifth position, having started at the back. The gap between them and fourth now, just one and a half seconds back to the 15. The, uh, the number 15, Evo, in fourth, in third. It's D Russ, David Russell. He's back to the three and a half, four seconds up the road. And then in second place, and this is a, another great story, the uh, M4 from Property Investment Store. Still, still at the wheel of the of that car, leading from Paul Barrett Linton. He's done a great job, and he has stretched away to 24 seconds now. And last time around was pulling 266 k's through the speed trap. The next best I can see is the Sharon car at 261. That's impressive speed all the way round the circuit. Battles. Slightly further down the top ten, ninth and tenth at the moment. Jeremy Gray 
in ninth in that Ford final version, the white with the blue Ford stripes. That's absolutely perfect colours for that Ford, carrying the Bilstein suspension livery. Scirocco just ahead of it is not in that mix, about to lose a lap as they come down to complete another circuit. So the car at the back of this queue, the Mitsubishi Lancer, as we look to develop the fourth place, it's actually sponsored by Facebook Group, F1 Armchair Experts backing it, which is an Aussie Facebook group dedicated to some fun chat about Formula 1. We'll talk more about that when we see that car in that great battle. But this is worth following because it's the fight for fourth place. Grant Sharon's now caught Garth Walden with a series of pretty searing laps in the BMW M4 and the Mitsubishi Lancer for Race 4 Acure, which is a an amazing program that has been put together uh, and has been running for some time and supported by Ben and Michael Kavich and Garth Walden Racing Team for many years to raise awareness, finding a cure for breast cancer, raising awareness as well. It's an outstanding program. Uh, raising money for charitable cause there as well. Uh, it's a good fight, fourth and fifth place. That Mitsubishi Lancer is going to find itself in a spot of bother when they get to the chase. It'll be really good across the top, but that M4 really in on the run down from the Here's the armchair experts. Uh, Mitsubishi Lancer. So if you've got yourself a Facebook group, apparently you can sponsor a race car. Love it. Great initiative. Love it. Great to see motor racing community getting behind one of their own and this team going racing and they've long had ambitions to do that. 9th, 10th and 11th, this little battle group as they head up towards the metal grid. So the big Ford with two all-wheel drive, slightly smaller and more nimble cars behind. And Jeremy Gray has done a cracking job. I, I, I'll have no truck with anyone who ah. wants to give him criticism and a problem is that a problem for the yep. second place car yes it's dropping down Anthony Sewell is dropping down and he's losing positions to cars that shouldn't be going past him here's the first big drama from the front of the field Grilsey Sharon goes past uh, car well Garth Walden in the Evo and then Walden fights back better drive with the four-wheel drive turbo and the exit of the chase now the BMW straight line performance sees it right at the bottom of Conrad into Murray's so past Dan Grant, Sharon moves himself to what will be third place from the back of the field. Though Walden might have something to say about that because he got better drive out of the corner. But the car that's been running in a very safe second for the opening 43 minutes of this race, limping. And Anthony Saul has dropped back to fifth position and we would imagine will be heading to pit lane and can confirm that he's just driven yes. into the lane now. So this team that we've touched on the fact of been flying under the radar, Told down the road are in fact a British band by the way, so I need to brush up my rock and pop history. Uh, good battle, <laughs> but they're in pit lane, so an early drama for one of our key contenders. Yeah, already had dropped the fifth by the time they crossed the line, but in reality, losing more and more time as that car comes in. I'm not even sure the engine is running on that car, it's coming, it's just coasted to a halt. The guys will do the fueling out on the pit lane can't do anything else while the fueling's going in and that is absolutely correct i'm a big exponent of that uh, I, I really don't think anybody should be jacking cars up and rolling them around or changing tires whilst you've got a fuel hose in at any level of racing if i'm honest so this is good well that's interesting as well by the way how much fuel is going into that car considering it's only been out there for what 45 minutes now they're going to put the jacks underneath you have to use standard jacks. As tyres come out of the left, it's not just a puncture, is it? Surely it can't be. It's like both of those tyres on the right-hand side are 
inflated on the bottom. I wonder if they're checking the left. They check pressures. Only four people allowed over that red line, plus the car controller at the front, who will be on the radio to the driver. They're tumbling down the leaderboard. There's a bit of confusion here about what's going on. This is a good combination. Andrew Fisher and Anthony Sewell have raced together for some time, nearing on 20 years now. Their first race was in a day week, of all things, at Wakefield Park. I wonder if he thought he had a puncture, and that's why he's taken it easy and come straight in. And maybe he's just picked... Up some up. debris or some pickup, some rubber pickup. Remember, everybody working with MRF tyres for the first time here at the High Tech Oil Bathurst Six Hours. From the camera on Ridges, watching the two sharing cars together. Great place to watch the racing. Down into the final corner for these two BMWs as we'll catch up with Emma down in the lane with a bit of an update of what's going on with this BMW. Yeah, I'm just in garage number three. Plenty of chaos going around me here. Andrew, do you know what's happened? No, I'm not exactly sure what's uh, going on. Uh, Anthony felt something from inside the car. Obviously, he had good pace. He was consistent. Um, so um, uh, there's obviously something's happened at the rear of the car. So they're just um, trying to get that sorted now. Obviously, uh, it's taking a bit longer than we'd hoped. But uh, yeah, that's long distance racing. So um, hopefully, we can pick it back up after the other guys do their pit stops. Back out there, chin up. Thank you. Andrew Fisher, who's in the Car Master Series in the Falcon GTHO. He's had a pretty horrific run of it of late, but the uh, Life Choices Foundation Jesus Racing Falcon is a, a fast car, and great to see that program appearing on the bonnet of that BMW M4 that they're running. It's an appropriate weekend for those guys. The Scirocco has just got a black flag and a drive-through for overtaking under yellows. This is the number 20 car. One of the most fleet car out there so clearly not seeing with yellow flags when someone was in strife either the guys up at the top of the mountain perhaps down at turn one a few moments ago so we expect to see that one coming in the next couple of laps the 45 continues to fight its way up through the fields the all-wheel drive amg the little five-door hatchback it's been so so competitive Michael Ault behind the wheel of that car as the BMW number four. Finally, I have to say, I think if they didn't know what was going on, I might have been tempted to put this car in the garage a little bit earlier, get it up on the hijacks and get more people underneath it. Quite clearly there, the driver not wanting to risk any further damage. And again, I'll say now, I'll hear uh, no criticism of a driver who thinks discretion is the better part of valor around here, fields, particularly when you're you know, less than an hour into a six-hour race. Completely agree with that. 90% of the racing car driver will, will as well. This battle continues. Jeremy Gray will be ringing wet after this stint because he's been working hard consistently in the big Falcon. We jump on board the number seven Hyundai i30N, first of this brand new hot hatch. There's been a bit of a disruptor in the hot hatch market of late. Volkswagen and clearing uh, troubles, I think. They're looking over their shoulders at Hyundai who have set them as their target. It's a Golf GTI fighter. Hyundai poached a lot of the top VW engineers to set that car up. It was developed in Europe. It's been wildly successful and it's made a pretty handy racing car. Cade Nolson behind the wheel of Car 7 at the moment and they're currently running third in Class C behind their teammates Jake Camilleri in Car 8. And that is a particularly impressive performance because that car was in the fence on the second lap yes, of practice on Friday morning. And it was taken away from the circuit to Lithgow to be straightened out. They rebuilt the front chassis rails. They cannibalised their spare road car to bolt the panels back on. 
was good to go for Saturday. It then had all kinds of dramas. It was disqualified from qualifying for going into their garage. But now they're second in class and that in-gen racing team doing a super job. Here's the car that had the new engine from Newcastle. Oh, and didn't get the fuel hose in properly. That's tremendously dangerous. And also, the auto closing didn't work on that there. So that's something they're going to have to look at with the fast fuel hoses on the back of these cars. And that's put fuel into the pit lane. This was the car that was on pole position. Had all those dramas with the bottom end of the car not sounding right. They've got the hood up now just to make sure everything with the new engine. Never think that that engine had already gone in last night and this morning. Look at that underneath there. That is absolutely extraordinary. In that garage is a dark red Mazda that has no engine in it. And they went and picked up, dipping the oil. That's sensible. Mazda work out what's going on with the fuel. Meantime, up in the number four BMW pit, the property investment store. It looks like. Uh, it's not good news, is it, where the driver's been asked to get out of the car. So it's either going to be there for a long time, or it's not Not great news. I think we can have more on that with Emma. She's in that garage. Yeah, guys, looks like they are retiring the car. They are retiring the car. So confirmation that the BMW M4, we'll get to the bottom of what's caused it, but they were diving under the rear axle of that car, so maybe diff problems, gearbox. The, the issue with the Sharon's car that we reported earlier in the weekend was that it actually broke the tail shaft down Conrod Strait, which tore the back out of the gearbox. Yeah. The tail shaft breaks at 270 kilometers an hour, it's doing a fair few revolutions, and that's what actually broke the gearbox. So it was not a problem that that team had had before, and in fact, it was a brand new component when it went. So I wonder if it's something similar for the Soul BMW. That's a massive shame for those guys. Second outright early on and looking really strong. But uh, this place takes no prisoners. That means that the battle we've been watching with the Ford is now for eighth position with Jeremy Gray, Paul Lociano. Uh, and ahead of them, they've got another car in trouble. That's the 73, isn't it? I was looking at that car, John, as it it's entered. Race Academy International, yeah. Yeah, as it entered the elbow, it was it's, not it's not tracking in a, in a right direction. So I think that's found the wall somewhere and it's knocked the rear end out of alignment. Speaking uh, out of alignment, this car has had a horror weekend and is driven behind the wall at the cutting and probably out of contention with Subaru. That's the Rabbitohs livery car. Rabbitohs followers now can turn their attention to the 26th, which is their next game. You'll see that on... Have you become a fan? You remember well, yet? I, I, I signed drove, up. I drove past when I came out. Is it of, the uh, Russell Crowe factor? That, well, uh, well, we had Pat Cash here in uh, in Bathurst on uh, Thursday morning when I drove up. He was at the Driver Reviver as we drove by. It was a goodly crowd there. Fair share of uh, celebrity endorsements around here. Yeah, well, John, he's next year. I know. Buying some tickets for that. Oh, yeah. Actually, good luck. You won't get them sold out. I, I, I know the mayor. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> this battle continues. Paul Icano doing a really nice job in the Evo, continuing the pressure from Jeremy Gray. Michael Ald's disappeared up the road from this battle pack in the AMG A45 and pretty comfortable in seventh at the moment. Richard Bloomfield and Darth Walton will share that car with him. Meanwhile, in Salteri and the BMW, just continuing to nip away at the heels yes. of them. They've been in this fight basically since the race started, but continue to engage in battle with the Big Falcon the Evo, but isn't it overtaking difficult when all of the three cars in the fight make their performance in different, different places? places? I know I've already touched on it, but 
across the top, that Evo's a rocket ship down Conrod straight. You do all this hard work to manage the gap, to close the margin in, and then as soon as Jeremy Gray gets that car straight out of Forest Elbow, hits the warp speed button and it just disappears off down into another galaxy. And meantime, <laughs> in Salteri, in the BMW, he's just enjoying it. He's flinging that 135 around behind the two cars. And he's got a good run here. He's got the outside oh. as they come across Skyline. Got about a quarter of the way alongside, which is nowhere near far enough. But he was looking to put a little bit of pressure there on Paul just ahead of him in that maroon dark red. Nice colour, that evil. Do like some of the liveries here. Ted, head down to the pit lane as that position has just changed now. As Ian Solteri goes down the inside at Forest Elbow, so that's just put the Mitsubishi back uh, in position. One of the big stories of the weekend already, the Paul sitting car in the Class E category. Like the engine had gone after qualifying. So what did they do? They dropped a new Newcastle for a new one. Mark Walker is down with the 51 team. Alan, Alan Turner, we've been talking about the spirit of this race. Guys, you have done a really tough job this weekend. Yeah, we, we've been under the gun a little bit with, uh, with Chris managing to get the car on pole and unfortunately running an engine bearings in pole so and, and qualifying. So guys had a big night, driving all that new car, so we'll get another car, change the motor over. It's not quite as good as we like, but it's going. And so we're, we're out there, we're doing what we can. Um, first time here ever. I'm just loving it. It's absolutely brilliant racetrack. People are brilliant. The atmosphere is absolutely awesome. It absolutely typifies production car racing. When you can go and get a wreck, pull the engine out of it, go racing on Sunday. Well, that was it. We, we got the record to open up. That was sitting three high on a rack last night. He opened up for us to come and get the car, take the engine out so we could go racing. And, and we've had offers of other engines and that through other teams. Um, this has been brilliant. It really has. And it's just production car racing is best. The racing out there is awesome. It's really cool. Um, we're just loving it. Absolutely loving it. Well, best of luck for the class battle for the rest of the day. Over to Emma. Thank you very much. We'll enjoy it. Thank you. Ash Fisher, team manager and engineer for car number four. Tough luck. Can you tell us what the problems were? Um, looks like we've got some diff dramas. We seem to have a massive vibration coming from the rear end. Um, on a first observation, appears to be a drive shaft issue. So unfortunately, the boys can't continue, which is very sad after our um, P3 in qualifying. So yeah, unfortunately to them, we can't continue. Thanks, Ash. No worries. New fastest lap of the race down to 29.3 now from Grant Sharon, who is, by the way, up to second oh. place. And meantime, that battle for 8th, 9th and 10th continues. And Ed Solteri has been an absolute star the last couple of laps over the top of the mountain. He's been reading from the Jordan Cox playbook to make a move at McPhillamy Park. That's huge. Big dive up the inside. And again, kudos to Jeremy Gray. He is going to be the most tired human being after this stint because he has been in the thick of it now for... 56 minutes and 30 seconds of this motor race. Really big move down the inside and the BMW makes a positional gain there. Just to finish the point, there's a lot to unpick through all of that. Shame for the number four car and, and that's a massive issue. And not the only BMW, it must be said this weekend, to suffer the driveline issues, especially in the rear of the driveline through the axle and to the rear diff. Um, the other point there on the amazing story that we heard with uh, Alan Turner, the 51 car, that Mazda team, they're a predominantly New Zealand-based team. Kiwis have never won a class or a race in the high-tech oil's back in six-hour. Um, they know the way to Newcastle because 
go a little bit further from Newcastle, you get to the top island of New Zealand. Just keep going off to the left. Yeah. yeah. But great to see those guys chipping away and uh, a little Kiwi contingent here at the six hour. In the wall, exit turn 23, uh -oh. Murray's Corner is car number 12. The BMW 135i is very much pointing in the wrong direction. And Hadrian Morale behind the wheel. That's the M-Spec car. And that was a contender. They were running quite well. Tenth outright classified at the moment. But they'll drop down the leaderboard with that. They were making up places, weren't they, earlier on. Uh, the big dives up the inside. That's... Uh, Griffin's Bend, and still this battle at the bottom end of the top ten refuses to go out. Throw a bit of water on it, but I don't think it's going to make any difference whatsoever. And that big Ford, I mean, this is fantastic drive. This is a car that clearly doesn't have quite the pace of some of the little pocket rockets around it. But uh, Jenny Gray is doing a fantastic job in keeping that car ahead of some fast machine. They'd want to be a better battle. Jeremy, please. Yeah, they want to be a better battle later on to take the best fight of the race mantle away from what we've seen in the first hour with the fight for what at the moment is seventh, eighth and ninth. That's been hugely entertaining. Oh, now what's going on here? Is this Garth Walden? That looks, yeah, it is. Garth Walden walking away. Yeah. This, this car was right in the mix early on. So unseen by us, the race for Cure Evo, which was running fifth, Direction yep. fourth has pulled off the road, and Garth Walden looking for directions back to pit lane. And it's all the way down there, mate. Is the so that's going to be that scanned. That car stopped. Unseen by us. We'll get the team in pit lane down to Garth Walden Racing to find out. It, it's a free spot for car 45, but the race for a cure car, by the looks of it, stranded. And yeah, it's tumbled down the timing monitor. So we were really absorbed by that amazing fight. And some of the storylines developing in this race, but that's one of our key contenders has been removed. And in fact, there's a couple now because the Joe Crinolos, Tony Virag, and John Bow HSV still sitting forlornly in the garage. And now the Anthony Sewell, Andrew Fisher car missing in action as well. So some big dominoes have been tumbling early. The high tech oil is about the six hour. And the part of me that wants to see an amazing show is a little bit disappointed at that because. That Mitsubishi Lancer was a really good combination and the brothers Cabbage haven't even been able to get behind the wheel yet. BMW's then first, second and third. 23, Barry Clinton leads by 41 seconds from in second. Grant Sharon from the back of the grid, remember, that number one car. Then David Russell in the first of the Class B runners. But that car is undoubtedly in with an overall shout here. May not have quite the overall speed, but not far off. Its fastest lap is only barely a couple of seconds away from what the two bigger BMWs have done ahead of it. Then in fourth position and leading class A2 is the Cashier Holmes VF HSV Club Sport 6.2 car. That uh, number 64 car at the moment is in the hands of Matthew Holt. So that's your top four and there are three different class leaders. Uh, in that with the A1, the B and the A2 leaders down there. Got to go down to 19th for the C-class lead. Uh, and that is Jake Camilleri in the number 8 car. And that's a good run for those guys. That's the Charlie Sinisi entered engine racing machine. They'll be happy with that. That is one of the new to this event. And newly turned out Hyundai i30Ns. They started on the back row as of well. the grid because they yeah. remember were excluded from yes, qualifying for.
driving into their garage, which it's is not, a no-no. Nobody who started well back have really had that much penalty, have they, at this stage? Oh. Find something that Touchwood. is big. Touchwood. Pit stops underway. Uh, one of those is car 67. So Jeremy Gray has gone, I've had enough of this fight, and I'm going to pit lane to ring myself out after squabbling with a bunch Golf of other club. cars. What a great stint in the thick of the action. Found his place in the race, the pace that he could comfortably run the big Falcon at, and a really solid one-hour stint for car number 67. Uh, car number 18 out of pit lane as well. Graham Muir was behind the wheel of that car when it dived into the lane. How many times, Creelsey, have you and I been talking about races, or you and I talked about races separately, and we've seen somebody who would have over-defended there or over-driven the car, and quite easily that could have ended up in cars in the wall, not just him, but cars around him. I think I think that's a cracking drive. I really do. It's not always about going forwards, but it's about keeping that car in, in the shout. I love the irony of Ian Salteri pulling this amazing move at McPhillamy Park to get down the inside, and a lap later, Jeremy Gray just grabs fifth gear and drives past up Mountain Straight, easy as you like. Yeah. Coming up to the end of the first hour. In fact, we have had it. We're just over the top of the hour, so time to check the standings on the Ridges Top 10 leaderboards. Where did that go? Yes, exactly. I'm trying to find it. It was uh, a rapid start to it. So, well, an hour into the high-tech oils, back the six-hour indeed, thanks to Ridges. Here's how the Top 10 stand. You can see your classes designated the left of the table, Class B, and indeed A2, right in the mix. Graham Cox is going well in car number 40. Jordan still to drive that. Michael Old up to sixth place from the back of the field. Alan Santeri has been fighting well in the BMW 7th. Paul Iacano talking about car number 14 fighting. They're eight in the lane, so we'll drop out of the 10, but... a gen car, but going along nicely. Here's the Newton Power Batteries leaders in class. Obviously, Berwick Linton, Matthew Holt leads the A1 and A2 categories. David Russell, as we've mentioned, is in the B-class lead. Jake Camilleri for the Hyundai, number eight, leads Class C. That's going to be a battle all the way through. Class D, the Honda Integra back at the front. It lost a few positions to the Toyotas, but they're still out there and going longer on their fuel. And David Worrell has the Mazda 3, the number two Mazda 3, the SP25 leading Class A. That's your new power batteries, Class Leaders. Here's how the high-tech oils Bathurst 6 hour has played out in the first hour. A great rolling start. There were dramas for car 19 that were stranded on the line. They would soon resume and continue on. But a flying start for Beric Linton. He pulled away early as the field sorted themselves out. Harry, a couple of opening laps as everyone found their position in the race. But as we've been talking about, Jeremy Gray has been th in the thick of the action since lap one in car 67. It's passed by David Russell early. That was Joe Crinolos in the HSV, had the big slide coming out of the cutting. This was a hairy moment for two of our Class A1 contenders. Contact at Griffin's Bend, somehow they managed to get away with it. The HSV had an off at turn one. Sooner it would have an even bigger drama up at Reed Park. This was the Garage 1 entry sliding slowly into the gravel trap at turn one. It would sit there for two laps. Amazingly, was recovered under green flag conditions. Meanwhile, just for something completely different, Jeremy Gray had a BMW this time parked underneath his rear wing. Big slides coming down through Forest Elbow for the car that started at the back of the race and is now in second as Grant Sharon has powered that number one BMW through 
it might be a bit chalky or drift at times, but it's been effective, and he has made up places and now sits second to the 23, the pole sitter. Down towards the final corner at Murray's, making that up positions on the race for a cure. The number 15 car, which has since dropped out of contention. Another contender in strife early on, Creelsey. Yeah, Anthony saw behind the wheel after a terrific opening stint, was 15 seconds behind our race leader, uh, went to pit lane with apparent driveline issues in their BMW M4. Uh, the Class E, the Kiwi combination, had some fueling dramas in pit lane, but they continued to soldier on. Jeremy Gray, still a BMW, still an Evo. The fight continued. Move of the race for mine so far in Salteri. Dives down the inside. Jordan Coxbeck at McPhillamy Park, which in many instances is a near as makes no difference 200k an hour corner. Blind, fast, narrow and hairy. Made it stick. Terrific move. Garth Walden forlornly walking away from the race for a cure Evo. And we're getting to the bottom of why that car is out of the race. A massive shame for one of our contenders. Bathurst take us, uh, Bath it's easy for some to say as well, Bathurst giveth and Bathurst take away on Easter Sunday and there's dramas at this team as one of their key contenders looks to be out of the motor race. The other car is another one that starred as they walked through the field, they're up to sixth place, Michael all behind the wheel. Uh, don't forget you can join in the conversation, use the hashtag B6HR wherever you are in the world, I know there's plenty of you. Uh, around the world. Motorsport money, what are we looking in times of driving time limits? I remember a few cars went close to breaching those. Uh, any changes for this year? That's a great question, Motorsport money, because one or two teams have taken that on board. It's a three hour maximum drive time in one stint, three and a half for any one driver. And a few teams did get close that last year, Grilty. And I, I wonder if that's contributed to seeing a few more three-driver teams this year. It gives you much more strategic flexibility to have three drivers. You can race to the car and not to the driver time, which is what drivers were doing last year. And you're absolutely right. We had several combinations last year that pushed the friendship. So it's a maximum for any one driver three and a half hours in the race. So if you've only got two drivers in your car and you divide six hours by two, that window is pretty small to time it right. So it's a, it's a difficult thing to play out. So having three drivers mean you can drive to your fuel number, drive to your tyres more than you need to drive to the driver time. Top three. Class leaderboard, Burke Linton, Grant Sharon, Michael Ald, separated by a little bit over a minute and a half. Here too, Matthew Holt. What a first hour it's been for Matthew Holt and that uh, that Holden all the way up to fourth overall and he's driving away from the rest of the year too, class. And Rob Coulthard in the top 10 as well in ninth place. Doing a terrific job. About to get some free ground because Graham Cox has pitted the 40 car out of fourth place. So that'll be a, a stop there. Class B is currently being led by car 21. It's actually David Russell who's leading that class there in third outright yet to stop interestingly the BMW is not only with the raw speed but have also got fuel economy up their sleeve this is class C uh, the Hyundai's are first and third Jake Williams in the BMW just splitting the order there car number 89 the man from Dubbo in country New South Wales not, actually not that far away from no, here no not at all doing a very nice job there's class that's interesting because the Honda didn't seem to have the uh, pace early on and I think a couple of three of the Toyotas went through, but they've stayed out there a long time. Classy, as we've mentioned, Mazda, 
uh, ahead at the moment. That 51 car, that's the car that have the engine overnight sitting in third. So that puts the Suzuki in the second. That would be as hard a fault battle between those three cars in Class E as anything else. It may well be a battle between the pit crews to keep the cars out there. It may well be survival of the fittest, but it will still be a big battle as we've had another major pit stop. This one on roundabout on time, just under an hour and 10 minutes, exactly what Richard Creel was saying alongside me, John Hindorf, earlier on as we're live trackside from Mount Panorama and Grant Sharon brings the second place car, the number one, the defending champion BMW onto the lane. This, the car that started at the end of pit lane. What would be interesting for me is, uh, interesting to me to see whether they put tyres on this car. So an hour and ten, which is bang on the fuel window yeah. for the BMWs, and that means that the teams weren't telling us pork pies uh, with what they could get out of a tank. They were, funnily enough, very accurate uh, right on their fuel window, so they drive into pit lane. Uh, Jeremy Gray's car back in 67, Jeremy's still behind the wheel. They only stopped three laps ago. That's a concern. They're in 14th place at the moment. So now pit report is going to be busy for the next couple of minutes because there's a lot going on. And stopping as well is our A2 leader, Matt Holt, from fourth place, and Michael Old in the AMG A45 from fifth. And that shot of the Garfield Racing Garage before was a Richard Bloomfield in the back of his race suit. Now he'll be jumping into that car by the looks of it. Uh, while that was all going on, Graham Cox pitted in the 40 to change that car running in the top four lots in the special into. Here's car 45. Garth Lord and Racing go to work. It's nice and controlled. They've got a minute and a half to play with to get a driver change in a tank of fuel. That's the big question mark. The heavier A1 cars expected to be harder on their rubber than cars like this. They're a little bit lighter, the AMG A45, compared to the BMWs I'm talking about. Fuel going in, safety cell in the back. I see now the losing time. If they're not changing tyres, they're losing time because they haven't got the driver bolted in. They could be changing tyres at this point, and I think they are yep. going to change tyres. No, just going to bleed some pressure out. Okay, well, then they're losing time, and losing a lot of time here, Quilty. This is one of the compulsory pit stops of which the A1 cars have to do four, 90 seconds in the lane, but the deciding factor is how long it takes to fill the tank, and they still haven't got the driver properly in there. Sharon's out. So that's a nice service for them. Ian Sharon now shown behind the wheel of car number one. So brothers changing hands. And this team that has won the Australian production car series for a couple of years on the trot now continues on the strongest endurance racing teams. Still no sign of a stop for car number one. Off for car number 21. Second out right now and leading class B by an enormous margin. David Russell behind the wheel. Uh, let's go down and find out what happened to Garth Walden Emmons down in the pits. Garth Walden, tough luck. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, no, the cars are on so good and then it uh, looks like the engine has expired, which is uh, not the ideal way to finish our day, but uh, the race through QE Evo was just purring along and we were in a good spot and the car was really comfortable to drive and, uh, yeah, I'm really bummed for the team and and, uh, and obviously Mick and Banner as well. See you next year. Yeah, cheers. For, and I just want to shout out for if anyone out there wants to donate, www.racefuelcure.org.au please donate it's a good cause and a shout out to Ben's wife Tula who's watching from home today as well thanks very much cheers and on that point and very well said Garth Walton couldn't have said it better 
uh, yeah, g'day to Tula watching at home. That's what kicked this whole thing off. Ben's wife uh, unfortunately came down with breast cancer and they've uh, jumped onto this race for a cure program. Uh, we're showing safety car at Mount yep. Panorama Correct. and this race will be suspended for the first time an hour and 13 minutes in. Won't actually be stopped, just be held under uh, yellow flag in safety car conditions. What I can't tell you, Quilsy, at the moment is what has caused that. I'll catch up with that in just a moment's time. I've been scanning around to see if we can find it out. But the safety car boards now. This is this is great news for anybody who hasn't pitted yet, including the leader, the, leader, the 23 car. They're getting a free pass here, as everyone else will be cut caught behind the safety car this is massive and remember that 23 car has got one more compulsory pit stop to do than the rest of the a1 classes that was the rebalancing of performance for the m3 competition so any team running the m3 competition bmw now has to do five compulsory pit stops at one minute and 30 in the pit lane while everyone else is doing four so the safety car is for car number 92 which is stranded. That's the Stephen Thompson, Ed Kramer, Michael King, Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution. Uh, it's stranded at turn 18, which is, by my maths, Forest Elbow, at the top of Mount uh, Conrad Strait on driver's left, I believe. So that is why the safety car has been called. Meanwhile, the Bruce Linton Body Shop team rolls into work, and after a great opening stint, Berwick Linton will jump out of that car. Tim Lay, the man from Orange, will jump in. This is as local as a motor race gets for him. The team will just check the tyres. Now they've got fuel in. No thought of changing the tyres, but once again, they're going to bleed a little air out of those MRFs. And once again, the fueling was well and truly done before the driver was ready to go. Yeah, they seem to be happy to burn the time. And I, I did just consult the rulebook. It's not so bad on the safety car. No, 100%. I did just consult the rulebook. The compulsory one minute 30 is definitely from pit in to, to pit, pit out, out to yeah. the control line. So it's not stationary time at their garage. Uh, I'll tell you how long that pit stop took because they've just crossed the control line now. It's a minute and 50 seconds from control line in to control line out. So at the end of the race, the timing of these pit stops will be you. critical. I'll tell you, I'm surprised that they can't get the driver changed in the time that it takes them to put a fuel, full fuel fill in. Got a flatbed on the high-tech oils front straight, heading up the mountain. So that's a very long way away if it's got to go all the way around to Forest Elbow. And a half case. It's, a, it's not a Sunday afternoon drive in this country in New the, South Wales. The guy in the recovery truck said, no, no, I'll take it, I'll yeah, take it. You're at the last corner. Yes, that's fine, I'll take it. I'll get the driver out of the track. Have a problem with that. David Russell, meanwhile, has dived in. Gee, that was close. 44 peeled across into pit lane with the 25 BMW that's been a star of this race jumping down. Speaking of stars, what a great opening stint from Beric Linton. He's talking to Emma. It was indeed a fantastic opening stint for sure. How's the track feeling out there? Yeah, the track's good. You know, there's traffic, but they're all waving your pass and no one's getting in the way and, you know, trying to do whilst they're racing, so which is great. So... You know, a couple of cars having some issues, a little a few oil flags in a few places, but we pushed on. Good luck for the rest of it. Thank you. He's did a good job. That was a very good first stint. Very good indeed. And rightly congratulated by the rest of the team as he heads over for a little bit of rehydration. That'll have been hard work out there. Overcast it may well be. But that was a full on hour and ten minutes. And we've now that's the Evo that was stranded, so that's the reason yeah. we're under 
yellow for the first time today, an hour and 15 minutes into the race. The quick lift truck will get that car recovered, back into pit lane and go green again. Now that is not the rollback that went out to went past us here. So I wonder if they're going to try and do a bit of clean up on one or two other cars as well that might be out there. So we might see the opportunity uh, take it to do that. Uh, flag to flag coverage here on Fox and around the world as well. We're live trackside at the high tech oil six hours of Bathurst. Let's get down to Emma for some more news. Just talking everything tyres with Vivek from MRF Tyres, the CEO, a massive weekend for you guys. Of course, lots of things come into play when we talk about the endurance race, including tyres, of course. Uh, what's the feedback been? Because, of course, there's been a new tyre for the teams this weekend. Um, thank you very much. You know, it's been such an honour to be part of Bathurst success. Um, we being uh, one of the biggest Indian tyre manufacturer, being first time in Australia, launching our product here. Uh, it's been an amazing welcome. People were like absolutely um, uh, stunned and pleasantly surprised, you know, how we are. And uh, the tires are performing excellent. And being an endurance race, it's it's, it's to do, do with the durability of the tire. And our tire has shown today, or rather yesterday, that how durable we are. Um, so looking forward to... Um... MRF Tires, the 11th largest tire manufacturer in the world and more than 30% of the market share in India alone and being quite big in their expansion plans into Australia, we should say, actually, to uh, back in Chennai to a lot of the MRF team that developed the tyre that we're using this weekend are watching on the key engineers uh, getting involved, which was terrific. So, well done. The tyre product has been very, very well received so far. Great to have them as a partner of the event. More pit stops underway. The Honda peels into pit lane. We had David Russell stop as well, the car that was in second place. So, this... Uh, race will cleanse itself now under safety car as everyone dives into the lane. A lot of class runners running in. Another stop for the Jeremy Gray FPV C right of screen peeling in. That's already been in twice uh, after its compulsory stop when we saw Jeremy Gray drive so well. He has actually stayed behind the wheel of that car, by the way. They currently scored in 20th place, but they've made two unscheduled stops, which is uh, a strange one for big falcon after such a promising early start just a quick note about compulsory stops by the way uh, it is in the regulations as the suzuki number five comes in underneath us it is in the regulations you can only uh, have one compulsory pit stop per safety car period correct so you can't just blaze into pit lane do one lap come back in knock another minute and 30 off and do that again. So it's only one per safety car interruption. Uh, however, there were some cars that stopped there before the safety car. And it wouldn't, if this is going to be a longer safety car, wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing for them to do to come and top off, burn a, yep. burn a 90 second pit stop, uh, and then set themselves back off again. And that may be what's going on with Jeremy Gray, but I'm worried that they've done it twice now, and the first one was just before the safety car yes, came out. Agreed. So we'll get the team onto that. Big Falcon, it's been a great contender so far. Just to finish the point on MRF, more than 600 tyres in the precinct for the 44 cars here this weekend. Great to see their support. Car 35, Rickshaw, uh, Mazda RX-8 running in Class C. They're currently in the lane, and they were scored in fourth position, fifth position correction in class when they dived in. I believe that there is actually an Australian motorsport 
regulation that says if there that there has to be a rotary engine car in Bathurst production to make the race actually legal. Well, I tell you what, uh, the RX-7 had some success here in the very early ever. original days ever. of the Bathurst 12-hour. So it's a, a popular brand with a lot of success at Mount Panorama and won the Eastern Creek 12-hour race in uh, 1995 as well with some pretty famous drivers named Johnson and Powell sharing the driving duties. And Rick Shaw has done his very level best to keep that uh, rotary history running down through the years. He's a character. Passionate advocate for it. Absolute it would, character. Would be an understatement, I would have thought, for that combination. He's sharing that with Lachlan O'Hara and David Cox. You know, that the, there's a, a train of thought on that, engineering-wise, that um, the sort of rotary engines fell out of favour a little while ago because people thought they weren't terribly efficient. With the change in materials technology, particularly in ceramics, ceramic tip rotors now make the efficiency of those engines uh, far more sensible. And I was talking to a, uh, an engine guru from a, a manufacturer that I won't name at the moment, but I would say it wasn't Mazda, who was saying it's time to revisit some of these other technologies. Um, same as clean burning two strokes as well. And there's all sorts of things out there that people are looking at with a different light now, looking at efficiency and emissions. And with new technologies, we may yet see rotary engines making a comeback, which would never be a bad thing for me. No, I agree. As this field gets set for a restart, we're told restart next time by. The safety car will peel into pit lane. We go racing. First restart in the high to cause Bathurst 12, uh, six hour, a minute and hour and 22 to go. This commentary business is easy, isn't it? It's just talking crazy, remember that. <laughs> sure. No brakes, all the way through. Here on Fox in Australia and around the world on the international feed, as we're live from trackside, the high tech all safety car lights are out and will pull into the pit lane this time around. And it'll be Tim Lee who has the field under its control, except it's not because he's not at the front of the field, he's a long way back down because, of course, he made the pit stop. He's down maybe 10, 12 cars, and it's the big Commodore, the 64, that goes through that had such a great first hour and immediately the Sharon car jumps ahead of it. Yeah, but th this has worked poorly for the Sharons. They've lost almost a full, full lap. lap. Correct. The way that all worked out with teams diving into pit lane under safety car. So they didn't pick up the leader with that safety car situation because they stopped under yellow. So when the safety car was called, the leader was in pit lane. So they picked up that black and red Commodore. As a result, Tim Lay was about 10 cars down the queue. But Ian Sharon's basically two and a half minutes now behind the leader in fourth place. It's also dropped a bunch of cars off the lead lap. That safety car has not been conducive to a lot of people's race. But the Sharon's just dodged a bullet there by being a couple of cars further up the queue than the number 23 BMW. Including that 64 uh, Commodore that we were talking about, which was up in the top four and has now dropped to 13th position. Mm. And the A2 lead, therefore, has gone the way of the 53, that's the HSV GTS, the 5.7 car, because they stopped just at the right time. Yeah, so that, that was a real roll the dice moment and time you pit stop to perfection for some teams and not for other. But that could have been very, very costly for the Sharon team. Imagine if they were about five minutes later 
and not even five minutes. It could have been a matter of 20 or 30 seconds. Absolutely. And it, it would have really cost them track position. They would have gone down a lap. And we were talking just about how long it took them to change the driver in that car. And giving 20 seconds away every pit stop on your compulsory pit stops, you can't keep doing that if people... Well, all right, let me go back. As long as nobody else is actually getting out in 91 seconds, it's not so much of a drama. But if somebody is, you can't keep giving 20 seconds track time away, Chris. No, exactly right. So those pit stops are going to become more and more critical. We'll wait for the field to come around before we reset things for you. The ticker at the bottom of your screen will have an update of who is where. We're on board the Daniel Flanagan Merrick Maloof number 55 car. This is running in class A2. It's currently fourth in class, 20th outright with Flanagan behind the wheel. And it's got a very good run out of the elbow. It goes past the Graham Muir entry, which is running class lower. Full noise. Towards the kink on Conrod Strait, into the chase. Got the apex nicely. The left-hander, smooth application of the throttle, keep the rear tyres under the car and continue on for another lap. So Tim Lay across the line, officially his margin is about 25 seconds, say about, because we're waiting for Jeff Russell, who's now behind the wheel of car 21 to cross the line. They're second outright, our Class B leaders. And it's officially 23.8 seconds. Simon Hodges now behind the wheel of the number 25 BMW. So BMWs one, two, three, and four. And we're still waiting for that car to cross the line. So it's gonna be about a minute off the pace. And then the Sharons further back. But fortunately for the Sharons, they're in clean air. And they can put their head down and power away out in front to try and get some of this margin back. So if and when there's another safety car, they'll be able to get to the back of the queue and make up that lost time. But an hour and 15 of green running at the start, it might take some time for that to happen again. Battle packs continue throughout the field. There's the 45 AMG A45. Richard Bloomfield is now behind the wheel of that car. Trevor Simons behind the wheel of car 53. The HSB a little bit further up the road. That's not the position. The wheel of car 12. It's the further lap back. Exit. Car number 58. It's running eight. It is battling for position with the AMG A45. They're caught up behind this BMW. This is a fairly frenetic little battle pack. Diving off Brock Skyline and down into the S's and towards the Dipper. The battle pack, the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th place. Matt Boylan just tacking on to the back of that in car 66. Just they just caught the short off Quilty. How many different... Uh, items, if you will, make up an endurance race. The calling of that safety car, which you, there's, there's nobody on the pit lane can necessarily know when that's going to happen. But just having those guys who just had a little more fuel in the tank and stretch that first fuel window, get the advantage of coming in under the safety car. And it's been a huge advantage, a huge advantage for the top three. Two minutes, 26 seconds, Yeah, the gap. It was 40 seconds. That's, that's a lap. That's almost the pole lap from Tim Correct. May. Correct. That, that's the size of the margin. It's a free kick, and it's not just a free kick. It's a 50-meter penalty and basically run right to the other end of the ground and slot it through the goalpost. That's how big a free kick it is. Uh, that's, by the way, American fo uh, Australian, Australian football uh, 
yeah. football right. terminology for those who are listening Correct. outside. But basically, it's dead easy. It's an easy score. And you can't, sometimes you just can't legislate for that. The, the, the cards will fall the way they do. And it was Reinhold Joost who said to me many years ago, a man who's won Le Mans probably more times than he can remember, he said, I'd rather be lucky than good. And in fairness, Reinhold's teams were very good. Sometimes you just get a little bit of luck to go along with that as well. So we're talking about the timing of the safety car and how that has affected people taking their compulsory pit stops. Four for the uh, Class A cars, three for some of the smaller classic cars. But don't forget our leader has got five of those CPSs to take because of the BOP. Brian's been monitoring thing, things down at the high-tech oils hub and gives us an update of how things stand now. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Johnny. So what we've done here is we've taken the first few cars here and put into a little bit of context about obviously what lap they stopped. So 27 laps, that safety car was prime opportunity for Tim Lay and Berwick Linton. They did a driver change. Of course, Class B as well, they did the exact same thing. For the 40, the Jordan Cox car, they pitted just before it, but it's not going to hurt them too much. The big thing, and you boys mentioned about the Sharon Rentals BMW, what we found out from down here at the pit lane, their pit stop time was actually 2 minutes 30 compared to everyone else at around about that minute 30 mark. The reason for that, and this is going to be critical today, they did tyres where others didn't. So, of course, you can't do fuel and tyres at the same time. You've got to do them separately. That's what's taking them the extra time in these pit stops. So, as we mentioned, once we get towards the back end of this race here this afternoon, picking whether or not you do tyres or not, trying to gain that time, is going to be critical. The next pit stops, we can roughly expect them around about the two hours and 30 minute mark, but tyres already a critical factor in this race. Um, uh, Brian, smashing, that's, that's great because I actually don't have a problem with that for the number one car because they had to charge up through the field to get that, that, that track position. And if they've had to burn an extra minute in the pit lane to do four tyres with five studs on each wheel, by the way, to put the new MRFs on and still be on the lead lap. And that's the crucial thing. They are still on the lead lap. They're not in bad shape. Yep. The question will be, are they going to have to put tyres on at every stop or will now they settle into a race pace where they can double stint the tyres and maybe just do fuel and not even a driver next time around? Well, if you're settling into a race pace, he's bashing out the fastest lap of the race then, yep, that's what they're doing because yep. Ian Sharon has just punched out the 229.08, running in clean air, no traffic around, and that is the fastest lap of the race, and the gap down to 2 minutes and 25 seconds. It's an interesting point you raise, but I'm not convinced tyres are going to be the story of this motor race at the end. And every single person I queried about that over the last two days said, so if it comes down to a race after the final pit stop, do you put tyres on? Do you burn the time? Every single one of them said no. The performance gain is not enough to warrant the time lost in putting tyres on. So that is going to be key. The Sharons are putting new rubber on early in the race, so that's good. They, they know they've got great tyre condition from now on. I wonder if the Berwick Linton team will burn that little bit of extra time at their next stop to make sure they've got good rubber for the second half of the race. So if you take the safety car out of it, they lost a minute, so they should have been about a minute and 40 instead of 40 seconds behind. But because they got the wrong side of the safety car, they end, end up two minutes and 36, nearly a full lap behind. That cost them, there was the extra minute right there. But they're already fighting back 
and that gap that was 2 minutes 36 to the leader is now 2.25 for that number one car, the defending champions. I will say this now because it will be mentioned again later on, no one has won this race twice. No one has won this race twice outright. In fact, we've only ever had one class winner repeat. So just process that for a moment because this is a, this is a race where nothing ever goes as planned. And the people who tend to win this race, not necessarily the ones that have a clean race, because so seldom is that true here. It's how you deal with the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that the high-tech Bath of Six Hours throws at you. Just a few little updates. Car number 30, we saw in pit lane, uh, broke a gear shifter. That's the ADPV BMW E36 M3. Now Jason Symes and... They're in the lane right now, getting that fixed. Gearbox gets a fair old workout at Mount Panorama. Yes. Just, just to finish off on this strategy point we've been talking about, this stint for Ian Sharon is critical because they cannot go a lap down to car no. 23. If they do, and I won't say race over because you can no, get a lap no, no. back, there is, there is time to play with, but they must stay in front. So if there's a next safety car or when we get to the next round of pit stops, Seeing who does what will be really interesting because if there's another caution, it'll be a case of who does what. If one person goes in, the other will stay out and put that car a lap down or it might be the other way around. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Battle for sixth position. That's the two Evos in Air One at the moment. In fact, that's fifth, sixth and seventh together. That's the Simons, Holtzy and Smith cars all together on the track. And this is a great little battle pack heading up through the cutting with uh, BMW ahead of... Well, that's not BMW. What am I talking about? That's the Monaro. Hang off. Get your eyes tested. Uh, it's the Monaro ahead of the two Evos. I'm slipping at the wrong part of the timing screen there completely. But that is 56 and 7. And these again, Creelsy, these are cars that benefited from getting their pit window to stretch talk about this all the time, whether we're at Le Mans, whether we're at Daytona or Sebring, any of the big endurance races, and just because this is only a six hour race, people think, well this is not a proper endurance race, it's not long enough uh, no, you're wrong about that, because of the unique nature of this race, and because it's production cars, it, it is the strategist who will work the hardest that will give their guys the best chance here, it is, it is a proper endurance race, it's just all been boiled up and distilled into a shorter time and all of these guys benefited from going longer on their fuel and as any time that you can push that envelope and make your decision making later that's all good news looks like fifth position is going away from the Monaro oh no the big motor just pulls on that very svelte and I still think good looking Coupe heading down we almost had one of those in British GT a few years ago really that would have been interesting. Raise some eyebrows. There's a couple of uh, former supercars racing over there. Actually, this weekend, racing, I think they're at Brands Hatch. Or is it Alton Park? Could be in, Alton in GT? Park. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's Alton this weekend for British GT. First round. Back on the weekend. Smith down the inside. Couldn't quite get the move done. So he got denied the Evo driver with straight line horsepower, straight line handling for the 53 car. I'm trying to use the mid-corner advantage the Evo has got. This is one of those cars that's been 
uh, hurt by that last pit stop sequence because they were right in contention yes. on the lead lap, but they've dropped a lap off. And in fact, this is the battle to be first car off the lead lap, the way this race is playing out at the well, moment. Sharon, uh, no, yes, Sharon's still on the lead lap, isn't he? Of course he is. Yes, you're absolutely right. Correct. So, fifth on down are the first cars off the lead lap. Trevor Simmons then in that uh, Monaro pedalling as hard as he can, gets the advantage of course up Mountain Straight and up to the top of the mountain and then as it levels off just a little bit, the all-wheel drive of the Evos and that number 40 car by the way was on the front row, let's not forget, that was the car that broke the BMW stranglehold of the front row of the high-tech Bathurst six hours, first non-BMW to be a front row qualifier. So that is a contender, make no bones about that. Off the lead lap at the moment, but a bit of strategy could easily get it back there. And there's a whole slew of cars behind them that aren't a million miles away. Five seconds, two seconds, seven seconds. And all of those cars from fifth down to outside the top 10 are still very much in with a chance. Although those top guys are really knocking in the times at the moment. So Tim Lay has got into a nice, nice rhythm at the moment and is matching Ian Sharon lap time for lap time and that gap fluctuating about two minutes, 27, it's first to closer. fourth. Yeah, you know. it's not getting any closer. A little smile from me as Trevor Simmons in the Monaro has put in that car's fastest lap of the race, a 2.35.2 in that car. Tim and re remember, that's not that's not forced induction, that car. That is, bre that is breathing on its own. Do you practice your Aussie pronunciation of Monaro? It's uh, very, very impressive. I've always said, you, the first year that I ever talked about a Monaro, yeah. you pulled me up on it, and I've never said it any other way since. Correct. Well, you've done, you've done well. Thank that's you. Like, listen. Yeah. Uh, I don't like name-dropping John Hindoff, but I'm going to anyway. A day to Paul Morris, who's watching on from the Gold Coast, huh. a former winner of this race, with Luke Searle in an epic, epic motor race that was a shootout at the end with Chaz Mostert and Nathan Morecambe in a Ford Focus, battling out for the lead. Really cool race, and the dude who's watching at home was the first driver to win the 6, the 12, and the 1,000, to add them all to his CV. The only other driver that could do it at the moment is John Bow. Unfortunately, their number 69 HSV has been in and out of pit lane for the last hour, and they're trying to rectify their problems after that contact up at Reed Park earlier on today. And as you've just done that, I'll do my one for this. Go on. Um, as you know, a cousin of mine several times removed was an integral part of this race back back in the day and particularly in production class Bruce Hindoff won his class in a 1000cc Toyota as the 66 uh, Evo comes uh, into the pit lane and that's out of the top 10 position uh, and Bruce's uh, sorry Subaru I saw uh, coming in there the 66 uh, Bruce's daughter Geordie is uh, almost always tuned into this so hopefully you're on the Fox at the moment still running the engineering business that bears the Hindoff name which I'm terribly proud of, to be even anywhere near related to someone who's had such a, a great history as a driver and an engine builder uh, here at the mountain. And uh, I, I seldom get the chance to say uh, hello to Geordie, but I, I am desperately planning for a future trip to go down to that part of Australia, down in Melbourne, and pop in and see the engineering firm. Geordie and the rest of the, the clan down there, I hope you're fitting well and uh, keep the business running, hope it's all going well. Spoke from the HSV 
GTS that we're currently watching, car number 55. It's one of our onboard cars this weekend. Mm. Daniel Flanagan behind the wheel. They're currently third in class and 16th outright. It's been a stout performance from this car. Merrick Aloof, the other driver. What's going on with them? You talked about the Gown and Hind off Toronto. I'm surprised actually you didn't bring it up in that reference, the 75 Bathurst winner, which yep. bears your surname. But that era of Bathurst was famous for cars with their rear quarter, I suppose, and the bootleg black at the end of the race with dip smoke and engine smoke and burnt oil after six or seven hours of racing. And, and just keep throwing oil in at the front end. Yeah, it's a bit of a tribute from the 55 car, I think, to that era that you were just referring to. There was a, a blue and white uh, Tirana homage here this weekend, but the uh, the weekend didn't go well for that in the uh, legends of Bathurst Heritage Touring Cars. It's the, the Phillips livery, and uh, that's one that I hadn't seen up close before. Right. This oh, now this is interesting. Yeah, sorry this to is very interesting because this is about the battle at the front of the field. Now, this is first versus fourth. And why is that important? Quilty's going to tell you. Well, right now, Tim Lay has completed 36 laps. Ian Sharon, only 35. So if blue BMW, in the most simplistic terms, passes red BMW, it puts red BMW one full lap, 6.213 kilometres behind blue BMW. And that is critical for the outcome of this race because irrespective of any other contenders and with the fullest of respect to them all, they are the two favourites for this motor race. And if one of the two favourites is a lap down an hour and 42 minutes in, that is a huge swing towards Team Blue in this battle of BMWs at the front. I see what you did there. Team Blue and Team Red in the BMW corners. I was trying to work out an election reference there, but I'm not smart enough to that's, do that. Let's not even go there. And I'm not really interested either. So that's a really key battle. We'll follow that for you. And uh, with Tim Lay behind the wheel, he has punched out some very good laps in the last couple of tours of Mount Panorama. He's got Ian Sharon in his sights. And if they get close to each other, it could be a pretty feisty little battle for Sharon to hold on to this place. Remember, if there's a safety car, if the race is held behind the, the safety car, it's a free kick for Sharon. He'll get to the back of the queue and get the lap back. If there's a safety car after he's been passed by Tim Lay, it's a world of pain for car number one. And you, you absolutely expect now to see Ian Sharon defend that position, and I have no issue with that at all at this stage. The 51 Mazda uh, circulating again. That's the car that has had... The heart transplant at the, the weekend, in all honesty, with the brand new engine going in. And good to see that car circulating again. They did have one or two wee problems with it. The Hyundai's first time here in production category racing. Seven and eight car. Not being the easiest of weekends for them, particularly for the eight car, which was pretty much destroyed. Second lap out of the box early on in the weekend. But hard work and some absolutely up-to-the-date technology available not so far away down the road at Lithgow getting that car pulled straight and the benefit of having production-based racing cars is that um, you can rob a few bits off your road cars and those guys had a road car and um, it's not as it was How's the attitude on the 23 car big slide coming out of the cutting Tim Way he knows, is hustling he? at the moment Across the first split they go, minute point nine for Lay, minute point eight for Sharon. They're going tenth for tenth at the moment. They're driving these cars very hard. 
and at the same time they're dealing with traffic as they get around with it. We're just going to go down the pits in a moment, but one thing I want to point out is oh, big watch, moment. watch the rear tail lights. Watch the rear tail lights. Watch the tail lights and the brake lights in particular on the dark blue BMW because they are quite often flashing. Now that is not Tim going on and off the off, on and off the brake. That's him hitting the brake so hard that he's getting into the ABS all of the time, and you get that pulse on the rear lights on the BMW. That's how hard he's pushing. He knows how important it is to get past that yellow and red Sharon's rental car ahead of him. It might not be the whole motor race, but it would certainly be a big tick in the win box for them at the moment. Let's head down to the pit pit lane for a little more here from Bathurst. So we can talk to our guest in pit lane. How's your race playing out? What's the situation for you guys in the NGen racing camp at the moment? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, we had a bit of an issue with that safety car. Uh, we were hoping to get past it and, um, yeah, obviously make a bit more time up in the pit stop. Both cars are running well on fuel at the moment, so, yeah, we're happy. So what's this process been like, Caden? You've been battling all weekend. It's been a really tough weekend for you guys, but... You just seem to have kept preserving, I suppose, in the true spirit of, of racing here. And at the moment, both cars seem to be going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, we're happy. Um, obviously, brand new cars, it's it's always going to be an issue. But, um, yeah, it's still a long race to go, and we'll see how we go. Ken, let's uh, hang off here in the booth. The good news is you've got a pretty good base car to start with. That i30N is a really good road car, and the N-Series from Hyundai are really starting to turn people's heads as far as these uh, little sporty hatchbacks are concerned. Yeah, mate, these things are a race car straight out of the factory. It's absolutely unreal. Uh, we did a little bit of modifications to the, um, the ge geometry, but other than that, stock standard. Uh, you watching the screen as we are at the moment, your teammate Frank Mamarella is behind the wheel, just heading up into Griffin's Bend. Talk us around the lap. Yeah, mate, so uh, third gear into Griff Griffin's. Uh, punch it up through the hill up here. Struggle a little bit with the faster cars through here being uphill, uh, but we do what we do. Uh, through the cutting up here, keep it in third, keep it in third, run it out. Uh, Caden, this is key, isn't it? This part of road for you guys, you've got to keep the momentum up in these smaller class cars. Yeah, of course, definitely. It's all about flow through here. so. Coming up over to the grate now, picking four, sliding wide, and then we're trying to stay flat right the way through this this next section. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, this is all flow through here and crucial to our lap speed as we don't have the straight line speed. And what about this bit of road? How tricky is it to flow the car through the S's, the dipper, and then the next section's critical, isn't it, to get that best exit you can onto Conrad? Oh, mate, this part of the track is absolutely unreal. Uh, trying to slow the car down without getting the bum around is a bit difficult, but um, no, it's, it's still controllable and just on and off the throttle, got right the way down down to Forest uh, Elbow here, and then trying to get the best run down the road as you can. Anybody watching the pictures will see Frank changing gear with his with his left hand. This is a three-pedal car. We should remind everybody uh, everybody about that as well, because this is not paddle shift. This is heeling and towing. This is proper driving. 
Yeah, that's right. So um, we're a little bit behind the times, I suppose. We're waiting for the DSG to come out, and that would make a much easier drive for us. But yeah, hate back box all the way. Caden, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Good luck for the rest of the race. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Look forward to chatting to you more. So dramas for car 45. It's stopped up at the top of Mount Panorama. That's on the run into McPhillamy Park. There's a lot to play out here, and it's a critical moment in the motor race because the two BMWs were nose to tail. That's been in the fence yep. on drivers right at the top. So That's just not the first time you've ever said that. No, is it's, it? it's not but that part of the track. So Richard Bloomfield is out of the car and AOK, which is great to see. He's in the hands of the volunteer officials. This is a critical moment for Grant and Ian Sharon because they were two car lengths in front of Tim Lay, the race leader, from going a lap down. Here they are. We're still green at the moment. Sharon must do everything in his power to stay in front of the blue BMW at the moment. Yellow lights flashing there and yellow flags waving, but there's a green flag on the next marshal's post so this is massively important for the whole race here we've still got four hours and ten minutes to go but if that dark blue bmw can get through he will have put a lap on everybody apart from the two cars in second and third and what's more the other big threat to his victory that number one bmw defending champions and it could all happen here this could be the motor race. We're watching it right now coming out of Forest Elbow. There's a little bit of traffic as well ahead. Great exit from Forest Elbow by Ian Sherrod. This is old school NASCAR. They're racing to the caution. That's what's going on because I can't see this race staying green with that car parked on the inside there at McPhillamy Park. It's such a high speed part of the racetrack. We've seen so many incidents there Black over flag. the years. Black yeah. flag at the start of stand as well yeah, there's been for a, somebody. Been a few of those. It's not for either of these two cars. Don't think so. Sharon's hold on. And this is a key battle. Yes, they're first and fourth in the race, but they're fighting to stay on the lead lap. Russell hits from second place. They're anticipating a safety car, but That's they're going to go a lap down. And the Sharons are in. They're also anticipating a safety car. They're now a lap behind, though. So it's a clear run for Tim Lay. And the safety car board has not come out has not come out not yet so they are going to potentially they could potentially drop another lap here they've certainly fallen off the lead lap that's an interesting strategy for me it's a high risk strategy we talked didn't we with brian about the keys to the race and the one percenters you've got to decide which way to go i think you've got to stay out at that point well they're rolling the dice aren't they they they're taking the gamble that there was going to be a safety car now that Black flag, I think, was for car 21 because uh, Jeff Russell's just completed a pass through pit lane and has gone straight back out. Yep. 32 Good seconds call. of transit time, Good which call. is bang on. Confirm that for you. We understand, yeah, it was. It was a, a pit lane penalty for car 21 for breaching the pit stop window. So that's a, a massive shame. There's still smoke uh, coming out from that big HSV. That's... That's more than just an oil trail now, isn't it? That's serious smoke. Yeah, they're going to be asked to come into the pit lane and deal with that. Uh, we've got slippery surface flags up at the top of the mountain as well. No sign of the full course caution. And we've seen race control have been prepared to play out and see what's going on. Again, is that a part of the track where that can be done as a live recovery? Maybe it is. It's off to driver's left. There's a lot of hard standing over there. We've seen in... Races down through the years. If you clip the wall on the right-hand side, you get pitched back across to the left. But there's an opportunity, maybe, because there is an escape road at that area. Now, the other story, John, is we're being told that car one 
is also being black flagged. So that's why they ah, went to pit lane. Right, okay. I'll take it back then. That information took some time to get to us, but car one has been black flagged for a pit lane penalty for a CPS window infringement. I'll find out exactly what the infringement is, but it was certainly both car one and 21, and now the safety car comes out. So race control kept the yellow flags holstered for as long as they could. It's now out. The net result is that both car 21 and 1, the two Sharon BMWs, have lost off the lead lap in that sequence. That, that was compulsory pit stop breach. So I wonder... Well, well, we'll we'll find out. Let's not speculate on that. But now, Tim Lee, he's got a pit stop in his pocket. He's got to come in straight away. He can burn another one of the pit stops. Remember, he's got five to everybody else's four. Surely he comes in tops off with fuel and leaves the MRF tyres on and he gets straight out again. He's not only even going to lose his place in the queue here. Hodges has come in as well behind him, I think. Yeah, from second. They're actually just in front. And just in front. Yes, they are. The white BMWs just come in. And here's the leader in the pit lane. They go underneath us now. This is super tactics. Super tactics from the leading car. Yeah, we need to see this stop for car 23 to see exactly what they do. Whether they elect to burn some time. Now they've got margin up their sleeve. Maybe this is the stop where they go, you know what? We can afford to throw some tyres at it. We can afford to burn some of that margin we've got in the knowledge that we'll be first or second after it. But how long have they been out? They've put the fuel in. That's the thing that you've got to do first. Stick the fuel in and fuel it up. Maybe you could do two two tyres if you really want to here. I don't think they're going to. I just think they're going to fuel this and send it. They'll hold him as long as they need to to make sure that they get the compulsory pit stop time. It's only fuel at the moment because that's all that's allowed Creelsey but Creelsey if you're the if you're the, the the team manager now do you put one side of MRFs on no they're not going to they're just going to hold him I don't think that's a bad idea I really don't if the if the MRFs are all right and they're, they're clearly quite happy with them Tim Leahy just bleed some pressure out of them that's all they're doing great. yeah great minute and ten so this is working two time bear in mind they will need to release this car at a minute 25 because they're right on the pit lane exit line. So a minute 21, minute 22. They don't need to hurry this. There's no sign of the rest of the field coming back around. So they, they don't need to rush this. Russell in the 21 car is the next car to come through and they leave and the, the verdict. Well, they're still a lap up. That's perfectly timed. I, I think it? that's brilliant. It was a minute 33. That's I like that. I don't want it to be a minute 30 point something. <laughs> I want it. But it's, that's just too close. It's too close. Got two flatbeds out of the circuit. The safety car is out in the high-tech olds bath of six hours. That is great team management. Absolutely brilliant team management. Now, <clears throat> so what's, what's happened there? Just to pull up on that. That's a free pit stop Correct. for car 23. Correct. That was their BOP penalty. So if you haven't watched all the race so far, car 23 was penalised an extra pit stop as a balance of performance adjustment, which is in the regulations of the race. If one car looks too dominant in its class, event organisers um, reserve the right to adjust the performance of that car. It's a commonplace thing in categories that use a BOP model to balance the cars across the field. So the BOP adjustment to that car was an additional compulsory pit stop, five instead of four for all their rivals. And at one minute 33, that was their BOP Correct. adjustment. So that is now out of the way. Correct. Compounding that was a drive-through penalty for car one. 
So that's a 30-second, almost a BOP adjustment that they've had, but this time it was self-inflicted. So the race is sort of neutralising itself in terms of the penalties that were applied to the 23 car. So now they've got three compulsory pit stops to go, but so too do the Sharons. So that lap they gained is ever more critical. Oh, yes. Had I been on the box for the one car, I would have left that car out to answer its drive-through as long as possible because if the safety car had come out, they would have got their lap back. So you've got to use that three laps, have to use that three laps. Uh, let's go down to Emma in the pits. It's a busy pit lane here at Bathurst. It certainly is, and I'm with Aaron from car number 23. He's been very secretive uh, with me today. I've tried so hard to get something out of what's happening with your strategy, but two pit stops so far. Talk us through that last one. Uh, that one was just trying to get our BOP stop out of the way, and now we're equal strategy with Sharon, so see what happens. I'll come back and check in with you shortly. Yes. The only thing that was missing from that interview to make Richard Creel any um, happier was, as Creelsey has just said, that was our BOP <laughs> stop. I don't want to boast, but I feel like no, we picked I'm, that. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Very good. Very good indeed. So, here's how it stands. We're coming round to complete another hour of racing. The clock is ticking round to two hours completed in a couple of minutes' time, and we're behind the safety car. And look who's behind the safety car. So, the safety car has picked up the car that's currently scored in second place. That's the Jeff Russell, David Russell, BMW M135i. So that car has been a top three contender all day. 55 HSV in the lane. We saw that trailing smoke. Daniel Flanagan was behind the wheel at the time. Uh, they've dived in maybe to top up the petrol and fill up the oil. It's not a great outcome for that outfit. We'll follow that up for you as the race evolves. But we'll tell you the times as they come behind the safety car. So we're going to have a similar situation to how that was all playing out while we were still green. So safety cars across the line now. The first car crosses the car in second. Two cars further back is the car in fourth place. That's the Sharon Rentals entry. Smith is in pit lane in car number 40. So through all of that, they've actually, the Cox, Cox and Smith car has actually, it sounds like a law firm, has actually uh, got themselves back into contention here by staying out and waiting for that safety car. That's worked out very well for the Evo. And they've got themselves back into the game. And I would suggest now it's time for Jordan Cox to jump into that car and have a stint to get them some serious track position. Now they're back in the mixture. But the leader of the race, Tim Lay, I believe is going to be right at the back of this queue yeah. with the cars next in the order, second, third, fourth and fifth, at the front of the queue. So there'll be about 30 cars in between them. And that, again, will be the difference between staying on the lead lap Muscle. or not absolutely massive it's the high tech on six hours at bathurst two hours are completed four to go and there's been drama aplenty in the first two hours of this race we're under full course caution and we've still got the headlines to write here at mount panorama this program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.